What's going on, Bench Warmers? Welcome back to the Far End of the Bench podcast with myself, Nico Bryant, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host as well here. And man, it's episode 35. We have such a good episode for you. Boy, was it a lot of fun this past weekend with the March Madness coming to a conclusion. Um, we have a little bit of Masters talk because it's Masters week. We have um, a lot of NFL draft talk as well because the draft is coming up this month. Man, that's going to be so much fun to talk about too. Uh, so we have a little bit of preview about that. Lots of great stuff coming up. Um, Jimmy, what else we got going on yeah no i'll actually be on the unhinged sports network again later tonight 8 p.m eastern wednesday live on the main event marks podcast uh you can follow them on twitter at main event underscore marks and they're also on all the different podcasting platforms but we're talking about tna lockdown 2006 so if you're a professional wrestling fan head over there and check me out on that podcast it was a lot of fun to get on there and talk with troy yeah you can check out that great episode coming up later today as well as um the high heater coming up soon too for chirping coming back as well lots of great content coming out uh, we also may have a possibility of some more youtube content coming out but we're at feotv pod on instagram twitter um you tiktok is booming uh, although we don't we don't make our own tiktoks we kind of just film clips in there um but you can go check us out there we still have shirts available our winner Jaden of the march madness tournament we sent him a blue and white shirt from the shop if you still want a blue shirt dm us if you want a white shirt for the unhinged shop just click our link tree and go check that out uh but yeah you can check us out on that but it's masters week jimmy and uh are we gonna see your golf suite come and play we we possibly we possibly might see a little bit of happy gilmore coming back i'm gonna it'll be funny because i'll have like a handicap but we'll have to set my handicap enough so that i can compete with you on, okay. on saturday that's i mean look as long as i get you swinging out there in some goofy looking clothes oh that's that's all that matters that's the other thing my mom is ready to golf requires two things goofy pants and a fat ass and we all know i have oh, that, a fat that ass. is the perfect this is the perfect combo so let's get into the rest of the episode Bench warmers for this center of attention. We look to the sport of baseball, which Nico and I don't normally talk about. It's a sore subject with the team that we we live in the city of. Uh, yeah, fire Jeff Breidich. If you know, you know. But they had another issue over the weekend that came out today that I wanted to address. And baseball is just soft. Baseball, they're not made to build a following in 2021. For whatever reason, they just won't adapt to the time and adapt to the market. And now you're at the point where if you don't grow up a baseball fan, you will never become a baseball fan because you can't see anything about the sport. And anything that you could like and could attach yourself to, they get fined and suspended for. So Castellanos, he's a player for the Reds. He got fine or got suspended two games after flexing over the top of a pitcher who he, uh, he he got hit by the pitch to get on base and then he beat him out at home in a pass ball situation and flexed over the top of him. MLB fined him for two, suspended him for two games. How are you going to try and build a brand? Like I said, baseball is dying. Baseball needs to take the personality of the players like the NBA did and put those in the forefront. And make sure that these guys are able to build up your following because that's how you're going to be able to sustain your brand and sustain your league. Because right now, I say baseball is probably fourth out of the four major sports in the country. 
And that's just what it's a sad state to go from the America's pastime to where we're at now to a point where I played baseball my whole life and I really am struggling to try and find a passion for it. It's a sad, sad thing to realize. But the MLB, at some point, I feel like they're going to realize their flaws. But then again, it is the MLB. It is Rob Manfred. Who knows what's going to happen? But uh, that's this week's center of attention. Now let's get into this this episode, episode 35 of The Far End of the Bench with myself and my co-host, Dinko Bryant. This episode of The Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fanatics and Fubo TV. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I think that's a very, very good uh, center of attention to start with. I think, um, obviously, we've had a lot of other big sports go on the past week. Um, we'll get to all the March Madness stuff, but baseball opening day was this past week. Opening weekend. Opening weekend, and... I am full board agreement with you because, look, as a person who didn't play baseball growing up and was never really into any team except the Rockies when we made the World Series, um, like, it is very hard to – if I'm a brand-new fan of a baseball organization or baseball in general, it is very hard for me to jump aboard. Yeah, I mean, Rocktober was something, wasn't it? Oh, Rock, hard, Rock, hard to believe that it was 2007. Yeah, 14 years yeah. ago. Yeah, 14, 14 years ago. 14 long years ago. But, yeah, I mean, look, when it comes to baseball and their inability to, like, try to grow the brand or try to make stars out of players, like, if you ask a normal person who the face of baseball is right now, it is very hard for a normal fan to figure that out. Because myself, I can probably think of five different guys. I'd, I'd think, obviously, Trout off the yeah. top of my head. I'd probably throw in Bryce Harper. I might throw in um, DeGrom or something along that those lines. But if you're a brand-new baseball fan, like you, you, like those those players aren't really at the forefront in your face. Like Bryce Harper goes a little bit unknown in Philadelphia. Mike Trout has never won anything in L.A., uh, yeah, I don't I mean, think he's won a playoff series. He's been to the playoffs one time in his career. That's that's the other thing too. Um, if I ask you the best player in the NBA, it is. It's ten times out of ten people say LeBron James. Yes, but if I ask you who's the best player in the MLB, if you ask just a random yeah. person off the street, I doubt that you're. I doubt that they, they might be able to say Mike Trout, but I doubt that they'd be able to pick Mike Trout out of a lineup. That's the other thing. And baseball is a sport that you play without a, a face mask. Face mask, yeah. Football players are more recognizable face-wise, and we don't even get to see their face for like three and a half hours that they're on our screen. We don't get to see them how they actually look. Uh, yeah, it's and it is just not adapting to the current times. The MLB still thinks that baseball is the lifeblood of the country, and it's obviously the pastime. It's got the history and everything like that. It's one of the foundational sports of, of America but it's definitely not something that you just wake up one day. You, nobody's just born into, oh, yeah, I'm a baseball fan. I love baseball because that's not that's not how big you are. You could have been because there's other leagues that are like that. I think the NFL is kind of like that now. We have people who move here from other countries that as soon as they move here, they're a Jets fan because they moved to New York, and, and that's the team that they're going to follow. So there's – Obviously, some things that they missed out on, and I don't think that they're gonna. I, I think that they're gonna f- correct their mistake, but it's gonna be f- probably 15 years too late. Yeah, one of the things I, I've realized too since like I've been following baseball a little bit more recently is that like p- people, like fans, they have their loyalties obviously to their hometown team, but when people move out of state or whatever, it's not like you follow you you, you stick with your team, like like 
for instance, like if if a, if a Chicago resident comes here, it's not like the Cubs have done so many things that they they stay a Cubs fan, and and it's it's. And in most cases, like especially for Rockies fans, and when I was in Illinois, I was very, very close to being a Cubs fan. Like, cause, cause the, I was around Cubs fans everywhere. I was there when they won the World Series, and I was like, damn, this is what it feels like to enjoy baseball. Like, that's how bad it is with some of these organizations, like the Reds, like the Rockies that like are the, in markets, like, like the Marlins, like the Marlins are in, Mar- and Marlins, Marlins have won the World in, Series too. Yeah, they've like, and right now their stadiums in Little Havana. Like it's it's just it's just bad for the game and baseball is a sport you can pick up whenever. But now kids these days are are, are I wouldn't enjoying. say you can pick it up whenever. You, you can a, you can pick up a baseball and throw it with with whoever. That's that, what I meant. Yes, yeah. but it's you, it's very they have it, it's the sport of the highest rate of failure. Yeah, so what I was meaning was you could throw a baseball yeah, around. Yeah, it's yeah you can you, just bring a glove and a ball and you can play catch. You play catch anywhere. exactly. That's a game kids can throw with their dads nowadays. But nowadays people are more inclined to go to a basket or shoot with their dad, like mm-hmm. instead of throw a baseball because baseball isn't isn't doing the right steps where you have cases like the world series last year with Justin Turner, where the world series game was perfect. And, and, and Justin Turner had to leave the game in the fifth inning and that then no one had any idea. And then it came out, he had COVID and they let it go on. And Manfred said, we're, we're just going to, we didn't see that. We're just going to let that go. Uh, we're, we're also forgetting about Manfred basically covering tarnishing his eyes. the game. Yeah. Tarnishing his game and covering his eyes. Oh no, they cheated, but, they're not going to be suspended. They'll get suspended for sixty games. That's they gave they gave one of the biggest cheating scandals in all of sports history. Like this, we have we haven't seen something like this in a very very long time since elite or illegal gambling back in the nineteen twenties started. Like, yeah, like it, it was probably probably that scandal with the NBA ref was probably the last the Tim thing Donaghy. That, yeah, yeah, the that Tim was Donaghy. The thing. last big thing like this. And and that dude has lifetime ban, can't do anything, and you just tarnished. You said that scrap of metal. Yeah. That's what you called your Why your would trophy. I take the trophy back because it's just a scrap of metal? So what are we playing for yeah, every single year for? then? That's that's why baseball is a joke now. That that's why hockey's overtaking it. Hockey yeah. was always seen as the fourth sport, and now t- people are enjoying the game more because of the fighting, because of the brutality, but still the finesseness and and how these players can still be be so joyful around the other other people too. And you're starting to see a lot more of the personalities of the NHL players, even guys that don't necessarily speak English. Pasternak was in a Dunkin' Donuts commercial all last year's all last season's playoffs, and that guy. He's got a great charisma about him. I liked watching him on the screen, but it's I see I saw his face on TV more than I saw Mike Trout's face on TV, and they were playing at the same same times in the year last year. Yeah, more people know about Ovechkin and his uh, Stanley Cup parade after after he, he <laughs> won the cup. Then then when uh, Cody Bellinger, I guess he had the trophy for a day, and no one saw anything about it. That's where we're at. Ovechkin's having an absolute rager every night with the Stanley Cup and enjoying life. Oh, that Stanley and, Cup saw so many things that parade. <laughs> that bender is, has been rough on the Stanley Cup. And, and with the Dodgers last year, yes, like yes, it's it's probably a little more laid back because they didn't have anyone as eccentric as Ovi. They but, probably also weren't taught. I mean, 
Tom Brady also took it to another level with the Lombardi toss too. Yeah, people nowadays with the, with the World Series trophy are just like, oh, they won. Okay, yeah. I guess we'll move on. Is, is it football season yet? Oh, it's 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 October. I guess we should maybe start preparing for football season. Yeah, right? no, I mean even like, that's in, exactly what it is. Baseball is in the terrible spot because the beginning starts in the beginning of March Madness, yeah. starts at the end of hockey and basketball season, and then ends right when football starts. Yeah. Uh, no, the, World the, only reason is... why, the only reason why they have any fans at games is because it's the middle of the summer and there's nothing else to do. Oh, you make your ticket sales on those middle of the summer games where you are the only thing going on. But even then, at the end of July, OTAs and training camps start for NFL teams and who really pays attention to the end of the July, early August baseball mm-hmm. until you get to the playoffs in November. Or not November, probably like September September, October, a little bit, I'd say, is more of the baseball yeah. high ground because that's when the World Series is in the playoffs. But there, are, the NBA, not the NBA, the NFL has had regular season games that pulled higher ratings than NBA finals matchups with mm-hmm. two of the biggest stars in the league. Mm-hmm. So there's levels to this, obviously, and the MLB is... I, even me, I used to watch Quick Pitch on the MLB Network every single day before I went to school. When we were uh, at campus, going to going going to middle school in my Nike Elites, I was watching Quick Pitch before I walked out the door. And now I don't even have MLB Network on my TV. They've gone from like on part of maybe like tying with the NBA to the NBA is now a, a tier above them. The NFL is probably two tiers above everybody else. UFC might be overtaking MLB it's at this true. point. The M- MMA in general is, yeah. might be over there. World Series of Fighting might pull a better rating than some MLB games this season. Yeah, one of the things also I've noticed about baseball is like they don't tr- they don't the the guys who have been in the Hall of Fame or that are legends of the game aren't necessarily around. Like they're around to an extent. <laughs> well, yeah, there's but, but there's like, a reason for some of that because but, you know the Mark Mark McGuire's yeah, Jose the, Canseco's, yeah, the, the whole Roger Clemens, thing. yeah, Barry Bonds, and that's weird too. Do you see a problem with that? I, I mean, I see the problem with the whole the the reason why they're not in the Hall of Fame and but, everything. But well, yeah, but in baseball, I'll, I'll I'll phrase it this way: there's definitely sports that you shouldn't be allowed to take performance enhancing stuff like to get bigger and stronger. Obviously, football being one, fighting probably being another, hockey, anything where you can change the course of another person's life based on the physicality of the sport. Baseball, yes, if a pitcher can throw at 110 miles an hour, it can do some damage, but 110-mile-an-hour fastball and a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, not a whole bunch of difference in what damage they're going to do. One's going to feel it, – it's just one's just going to look – They're going to hurt. They're yeah, both going to hurt. They're both going to hurt, but it's a ball that's going to hit a certain point, and it's probably going to look the same to a lot of people. I guess that makes sense. The one thing, like, I know everybody hates us, hates him for it, but, like, I think one of the people that's actually brought more eyes to baseball would be A-Rod. Because, you know, A-Rod, although as much of a dick as he was and everybody does not like him. He's such a narcissist. He's a narcissist. But he's, like, whenever he's on MLB, like, on ESPN, like, people tune in. It's the the Mayweather effect. Yeah, it's, it's people are attracted to that. And that's one guy. Basketball has a hundred people who do that. Football has that. Charles like, Barkley's still on TV. Yeah, I mean, like, why why can't baseball do that? Is my opinion because, like, mm-hmm. I think of like if I think of the top of my head, I can't really think like maybe Pujols when he retires, but like 
the early 2000s, I can name basketball players off the top of my head that dominated and that are still around the game or doing something with it. Baseball, I can't think of many outside of outside of Alex Rodriguez. It may be Jeter who owns the yeah. Marlins, but that's he has, he's out of the spotlight. There's there's a few that are probably sprinkled around general general managers positions and stuff like that. Uh, I get what you're saying, and it, it is funny. The reason that they don't really have that many people in the media is that a lot of the baseball players in the media did what Paul Pierce did over the weekend. Oh gosh, regularly. Like I went back and forth with Jim because Jim is obviously a big Red Sox fan. You mean you mean Gerald Wallace with the ring, right? Not Paul. Yeah, Pierce. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just I'm not. We're not going to spend too much time on it because I can't comprehend what I saw over the weekend. Just know that Paul Pierce. People did. Yeah, no, Disney doesn't like weed and strippers, and if you go on your Instagram live with weed and strippers, you're probably going to get fired from ESPN. Um, but there's Kurt Schilling did, had Kurt Schilling came out in favor of the breach of the Capitol publicly on his Twitter. So like baseball has a lot of people that could have been those faces in the media that already put their foot in their mouth, so they're canceled already. That's that's why. Yeah, and I don't know if that's because they're trying too hard to get attention because they never got it when they were playing. I, I really don't know what yeah, it is. It, I think David Ortiz is another guy for baseball that you can say. Um, but but honestly, like, where's David Ortiz been since he retired? Yeah, he got he was on, he was an MLB. He was one of the bigger MLB network analysts. Uh, he got shot in the Dominican Republic. I do remember that. Yeah, but, like, but he and now he's come back. I'm pretty sure, and he's back on TV. Him and A Rod are basically the same position. A Rod's for ESPN. Big Poppy's for uh, the other network, LB network, and yeah. and there's there's other guys sprinkled around, but it's just bad all around. It, it's definitely we talk about the Rockies being a, a little league team. The Baseball MLB is basically is like a minor league, league yeah. organization. It's it's a mi- group of it's minor all, league. It organizations. all started with the commissioner. It all started with the commissioner. Yeah, it's, it's a top down. That. It's a top down effect. Yeah. Just a, it's uh, it's most bad situations that you come across. It's a top down effect. If you don't have good leadership at the top, it's difficult to have good leadership anywhere else. Okay. That was baseball for this portion of the episode. Um, And now let's get into what we're all here for. And I had the music on. You might have caught it. But here we go. Because I know Nico gets gets excited to hear this every year. And I I just learned about this song a couple years ago. Which is a travesty that he... he hasn't heard it before no but no i had no idea up until the point i was 20 i was 21 when i discovered this song but the, fa- the fact that i've listened to this song for about 15 20 years now in a row and it, it's taking you two years finally to realize that the greatest sport video montage every single year is this video but this song right here it, it's 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 sad whoever came up with this idea was a genius because it makes sense every single year yeah. and you can get great footage of it every single year uh i'm glad i didn't know about it the kevin Ware tournament because yeah the, that would have been I don't think they put that in there, but they definitely put the after effects of it. So Yeah. Um, but uh, while we're listening to the song, let's talk about obviously something that I it came across the timeline on our podcast page. I do I didn't know him, I didn't go to school with him, but the Oscar Freyer, he did make the one shining moment and they actually put a highlight from the game and then just a, a picture of him as well afterward to get his his face on the TV as well. Um as somebody who pl- watched him play for a while, watched him build that program into what it is, and then we broadcasted it the last game that, uh, unfortunately, he'll ever play. What was that feeling of seeing him in the in the montage? I mean, look, it's it, it's really cool they were able to do that. The the block that he had on the Iowa guy from from training from behind was awesome, and all the tributes coming in it was well deserved because GCU basketball program is not 
is not a top program. It's not a school that that is going to be the Gonzagas or the Illinois. They may eventually be, but they're not that right now. And he was a part of the program the first his first year when they weren't eligible. And he built that program into the team they are and the reason why they're a tournament team now and why they're a team that could win the conference tournament every single year and be in the tournament. And without Oscar Fair, that wouldn't have been possible. It was really cool to see that in all attributes. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, obviously, but I'm, I'm really happy that it was just more than the little – school in Arizona attributing yeah they they extended that outside yeah they really could have and and it still would have been cool they could have just had a picture of his face but they gave him one of probably probably the last best highlight that he had of his career so that was great and then the GCU video I watched again a couple nights ago and that was uh, that one's a little bit more difficult to get through really um because he was, he'd be a cool, cool guy to hang around. I think just being around the team and, and the program. He, he, I, I had a roommate when I was in college. He was the star point guard on on our basketball team, and he had a very similar, just kind of infectious personality that got everybody into the, yeah, into the I mean, room. Yeah, I mean, Oscar, he, he was nicknamed the high flyer for a reason because the way he could jump out the gym mm-hmm. and, and his high flying personality. And he, um, yeah, like I, I remember vividly, I remember his sophomore year, it might have been his junior year. I remember Danny Ainge, who's the um, general manager for the Boston Celtics, he came in to specifically watch Oscar. And I remember they were so high on Oscar because of his athletic ability, and they could see that possibly tra- transitioning into the next level to possibly be a G League type player or an overseas stud. Um, and. It's 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 unfortunate that he never got that, but I'm just very happy that he was able to um, get to play in the tournament because he was a senior and mm-hmm. he was fighting his whole career, his whole four years, excuse me, um, to be able to play in that big game, and then he finally got to. Yeah, that was just an incredible, incredible way that story unfolded. And if you wanted to hear our, our raw reactions to that news, it's a couple episodes back. Uh, to start the episode, we had a little bit of a conversation because Nigo actually told me when I was driving home after we finished recording the episode and we had to jump on and, and talk about it. But um, so we we both agree that one shining moment was great. It was obviously great again this year. Uh, overall, I, I hope I hope other leagues start doing that. That needs yeah. to start doing that stuff. Like like don't use the same song, no. but like give me something along those lines. That's I follow a lot of highlight accounts or not follow. I watched a lot of highlight videos well, yeah, on YouTube, so the they're yeah, yeah they're all on my they're scattered through. So every time uh, college football season comes around, I would always watch college football pump up whatever year. Every single time a new college football season's rolling around, well, I get the new new year popped up automatically on YouTube. It's yeah, it's great. Well, d- all you gotta do NCA is just whoever hire whoever does the um, the one shining moment for college basketball and have them or someone along those same skill lines do something after the national championship for football yeah. with all the bowl games. Yeah, bowl season. Like, like, come on, like, like come on, it's really not that hard. It's just we fall frenzy and what what are we gonna call? We can't call it one shining moment. What, what, we, what can we call for know. college football? I, I can't think of the top of my head. Shoot, I don't. I, that's Blazing the trail. I don't know. Yeah, com- comment on some of our posts yeah. if you got if you got yeah. A name figure, from, if you have a but, name for what the f- college football one shining moment video montage should be called, 
comment on one of our things or or DM us at FEOTB Pod on our social. We'll give, we'll give you credit because yeah, because yeah, I I we do think that should be something every year. I was hoping that they would have done something like that for the NBA bubble because we missed it out, out last year. I remember that, that tweet. That was that tweet stood out. But I was like, come on, just give me something, man, because because the the Nuggets whole story was amazing and um the Nuggets actually are coming out with a like the eighty they called eighty three days. It's it's a little mini documentary on the bubble so i'm excited to watch that mm-hmm. so but i mean it's, it's not that hard just sign there, there's thousands of people like us that just edit videos or or watch videos that a lot more talented it. than me a lot more talented because yeah. uh, i i just do I, I can do the bare minimum at this point but yeah, yeah it's, it's not hard you could easily get that done yeah no the nfl the nfl ncaa football and the nba all have the resources to get that done uh, let's talk about the game specifically and let's talk about the games on saturday first because, boy, oh boy, do we have some games. <laughs> well, we have the tale of two different games, two completely different games. Uh, did you get fooled by Houston? No, I did okay. not, actually. Okay. I, I was completely. That wasn't one of your bad beats of the weekend? No, no, no. I was completely all on Baylor. Like, I I, I was I was high on, Paul's on that, high on Davion Mitchell, off night, as they call him. I'll explain that nickname a little bit later. But, um, yeah, I was. Houston, they played all double-digit seeds getting to the Final Four. Don't get me wrong. They have some studs. Jarrell was a stud. Clint Grimes was a stud. But Baylor is just too tough. And I know a lot of people were bored at that game, but I had the under on points. And I was watching that last 30 seconds with much ease because I missed it by half a point. I went like 0 for 7. On, actually, I went 1 for 8 on my bets because I did win 1. But I went terribly on my bets this weekend. And that was one of them bad beats that, that hit. But, yeah, Baylor and Houston – it was a good game, like, but Houston, I think it would be much better if Illinois were able to get through. Yeah, and I think we uh, didn't give, we didn't look into the fact that the reason Houston has so many offensive rebounds is because they suck at shooting and miss so often. And Baylor is one of the better three, is the yeah. best percentage-wise three-point shooting team in the country. That's what those NCAA violations get you. They're also one of the more athletic teams on the floor every single time that they they step on the floor. Um, but I mean, Houston. They definitely had some moments throughout the tournament. Like we said, they beat, they play bad teams a lot, but they beat up on bad teams, and that's what they did throughout the tournament. I wouldn't say that they didn't deserve to be in the Final Four because they got there. That's, they beat everybody yeah, they put in front of them, so they deserved it, yeah. And, just, and in, the, in the last round, who did they play in the last round? Uh, who was their Elite Eight matchup? I can't remember. Oh, can't they, they played uh, Oregon State. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's also uh, why one of the reasons well, why people weren't high on them because they played. That's true. They, played, they did. They had the easiest region, especially once Illinois lost. They had the and easiest then Loyola Chicago play, lost yeah. too. They played an 11 seed. They played the 12 seed, and they played the 15 seed. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't think of the top. They they played the I think the 10 seed as well. So they played all like all teams that were either Cinderella runs or teams that. Or were, were were fighting for their lives the whole season. Yeah, or just had one good game in the first round or first couple of rounds, uh, Buddy Beheim, and then just kind of fall apart fall once apart. they get to get up to Houston. Um, and then speaking of eleven seeds, the other side, UCLA, and I, I Pac twelve. Let me say it again, ladies and gentlemen, the Conference of Champions. Softest, I don't care what softest I, contra- conference. That in is the country. not true anymore, baby. Especially basketball. It's just wise. one sport. It's just one sport. I'll give it to you in basketball, but it's the softest conference in in the country. Hey, you know what? Eight clap all the way, baby. Uh, boy, uh, but uh, I honestly going into this one, especially we got to just watch the end of the Michigan game with UCLA. 
And they were struggling towards the end of that game just with the depth because they were getting in trouble, foul, foul trouble, and it was all in the post. And then I think of Gonzaga, Drew Timmy, Kispert, they got like, they, yeah. they got guys that can go in the post and they can put a lot of pressure on you and they draw a lot of fouls and they were able to hang in there. Juzang, Johnny Juzang, would, man. would you say he's who? Who would you th- is he your biggest star that the tournament made? Do you think or who? Yeah. Who would you say is the biggest star? Of the tournament I, I think biggest star of the tournament goes to Suggs. It goes to Davion Mitchell, um, and then I'll put Johnny Juzang right up there. I think Juzang's maybe second or first because what what he was able to do, man. Look. He's, he came into the program. UCLA had an off year. They lost one of their best players, Smith, who was projected at one point to be a first-round pick last year, but he came back for another year. He tore his ACL in the regular season. And then this team goes through the, the Pac-12 tournament, doesn't do that well. And Loses then they, in the final, right? They lost to Oregon State, right? No, no. They, 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 Oregon State beat um, – Oh, CU. And CU. The, yeah. Oregon State beat CU. Um, but they, they didn't do so well in the Pac-12. They were the first four teams in, which means they played five games. Mm-hmm. They played the first game against Michigan State, which is a very close game. And then you go, then you had their first-round matchup, then the second. And then you get to the um, Elite Eight where they play Michigan, where everyone, including myself, did not think that was going to happen. And they come out and punk Michigan to start. And Michigan, because they're so talented, is able to crawl back into the game. And then I'll tell you right now, UCLA showed that honestly you could put them as the second best team in the country because of what they showed against Gonzaga and that if it wasn't for a Hail Mary game winning three they should have won that game I I will say that they proved a lot of things in that game the one thing I will say is that they played a perfect game and Gonzaga did not play a perfect game Gonzaga was able to stay in this because of their talent because of Drew Timmy in the in in the paint and getting those points I, I'm hesitant to say that UCLA would be able to do anything. If they you, would not have been able no, to stand up to Baylor. There's no, no shot about that. But I, but I don't think that you can say that they're the second best team only only because the recency bias of them playing their best game of the season against the team that but they were just been, able to beat them. They were playing their best basketball at the right time. And Gonzaga, who rolled through everybody, almost got punked in the Final Four by an 11 seed. That, that, that the spread was at plus 13 and a half. And and UCLA not only got the game to overtime, they almost got it to double overtime. And it weren't for one of the best shots in basketball, college basketball history. Yeah, they're dancing or they're dancing in the national title game, or they're playing Baylor like they're they're talked about as one of the better eleven seeds we've seen in the tournament. Yeah, that would be the that would be history if they were able to do that. Is that I think that's probably third best shot in tournament history, Christian Leitner because it wins a championship. And yeah, then, you know, Chris Jenkins is first with Villanova. Yeah, that's that's easily number one. I, I I'll put Leitner up there as number two, and then and then the actually I, I may put the Suggs up there above Leitner sl- slightly, mm. um, but I think uh, then, Suggs Suggs needed the bank to be opened. Yeah, but sometimes the bank shots are a little sweeter it, because I, because it's so long, and then you throw it up there, and you're like, oh my god, this is so long, but it, it banks he did pull in. it up from thirty. 30, like 36 feet, so I, I guess that's true. And Leitner had caught a – It was his shot was at the free throw line. Yeah. And it was a turnaround little thing. It was a better pass. Leitner had just had a good shot. So Jalen Suggs dribbled the ball all the way up the court and just drilled like a like – a they call him Logo Suggs now because he was – one foot – it was like two, two steps in front of the half-court line, and yeah. he drilled it. Yeah. No, it would have been – 
if we could have got one of those games for ColorCast. And, and we'll, <laughs> Only if we, we maybe, we, we might have to wait a little bit before we announce it, but we have some, some things in the works because of the fact that we didn't get a good game to cast on ColorCast. Uh, but that's the final four. So you, I think out of those four teams, the one that made the biggest statement, UCLA, if they if they have a little bit different of a regular season, we're talking about them as maybe a three or four seed, and who knows what happens if they get an easier run through the tournament instead of having to go through five games. Yeah, UCLA, shout out to them and the Pac-12 especially yeah. because they showed out for the Pac-12. I mean, for hell, for hell, Big Ten had nine representatives, didn't have one single team in the Final Four. The Big 12 had eight representatives, only had one team. Um, and if it weren't for the smaller conferences and Gonzaga and Houston especially, like – that shows how deep college basketball is because teams like Gonzaga who play in the WCC or teams like Houston who play in the AAAC, like that's, that's, that's what makes it so sweet because, yes, these big powerhouses, schools get all these recruits, but you have dogs on every single team, and anybody can put up any no- good numbers on any night and beat anyone. Is that what they call the All-American Conference in basketball, the AAAC? They don't call it the All American, or it, I don't know. It's, they I'm probably just, call it All American. When we talk it, yeah. when we talk about that conference in football with UCF and uh, oh man, Tulsa, that's who was in there in that in that championship game this past year. We call it the All American for whatever reason. I was figured I figured there might be some differences between college football and college basketball. I mean, I may be wrong. I just call it the Double AC. It's just. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Yeah. All right, national championship. Let's go. Let's talk about what we were thinking before the game because we put out those videos on our Instagram at FEOTB Pod. Shameless plug. Um, but I, I did the Gonzaga game, and I, I, I admit, I probably just over. I didn't think you that rode Baylor the mustache train. I did, you and I didn't think Baylor. Train. I didn't think Baylor had anybody, which mistakenly so. I should have looked at a, a team picture before. I didn't think that they would be able to stand up to Gonzaga, and I think Gonzaga. I, I had recency bias for them because they overcame the adversity of the comeback and then getting it pushed into overtime and then getting almost pushed to double overtime. And I thought that they were going to ride the momentum of that shot because that shot should have came with like three years worth of good luck. I don't know. Maybe he sold his soul to the devil to do it. Who knows? Maybe he's going to be down there with Lil Nas X. But that was, I, I don't know. I didn't think that they had a, a lot to worry about. I think if they just stayed the course they would have been able to walk away with it easily. I mean, not to toot my horn a little bit, but I hit the prediction of what Baylor had to do to win on the head. Because, look, I knew Davion Mitchell off night and Jared Butler and and, and Teague and, um, and God, I can't think of the big dude, number 11's name. But the guy they, with the mullet? No, the guy with the mullet, too. That's, that's a, it was a mullet versus the stash, everyone, in the national championship game. I, I was happy to see Timmy shaved back in the stash because he was letting the beard get a little lit long in the Final Four, yeah. and then he trimmed it back down, so it was just a full man stash, yeah. But, yeah, Baylor, what they did defensively, man. Look, shout out Scott Drew, co- brother of Bryce Drew, Grant Canyon. Are you gonna, you're going to count this as a national title? Oh, 100%. This, this, is, this, is, not, this is the national championship. Because, look, Gonzaga. No, I meant for, your, for, for GCU. Oh, no. His, Scott Drew wins it this year, and then Bryce Drew will win it next year. Okay, gotcha. So the, the both brothers going to back-to-back. Yeah. First time ever in history. Yeah. Right. History going to be made next year. And it's right, going right to be GCU versus Baylor in the national yep. championship. It's gonna, we're going to continue making history. But, yeah, with, uh, with, with Scott Drew, what the game plan he put up, he made sure that every single 
actual shot that Gonzaga took was either contested or a tough shot that they had to make the play themselves. Gonzaga in previous rounds were make were, were able to get shots off and able to make plays because they were so talented. Because the Nemharts, the Kispers, or the Suggs were able to get so many buckets. But now Baylor, Baylor if, if you watch that game closely, Baylor switches every single pick. Every single pick, every single... Um, Ball movement, whatever, because all five guys on the floor can stop anybody. The center for Baylor can slow down Jalen Suggs. Like that's that, that's unheard of, and that's just the way this team was built. And that's a team that that, that that's the X factor for Baylor this year. One hundred percent, the defense and their three point shooting. They definition of a three and D team. Like they had the best three point shooting. In they're the, they're the team that the Alabama coach wants. Yeah, the, the best defensive. Um, the best defensive team in the country and the best three-point shooting percentage team in the country. And what they're able to do, Jared Butler, who went under the radar all tournament long because of what Davion Mitchell did, um, had himself the game of again his life. 20 points, nine boards in the natty, and put the nail in the coffin, basically. Mm-hmm. He had a few threes at the end when, when Gonzaga was getting halfway close, and that just was gone over for there. Um, what, like, look, Gonzaga, they... Baylor had a great game plan for it. Gonzaga were, was looking too much at Jalen Suggs and was looking too much at Drew Timmy to win them the game. The, what got them so far in the tournament was the likes of Nemhart, who was a Florida transfer, who had incredible games in the first and second round. Mm-hmm. Players like Kisper was hitting threes. He was unheard of in the national title game. And their bench was coming alive against teams that were that were lesser than them, but they did not show in the bigger game. And Baylor had all their guys that were ready to go and just bigger, stronger, and just and just absolutely mentally prepared to make sure that Timmy or Suggs does not beat you and that everyone else beats you. No, I'm, and physically the matchup-wise, I think besides Suggs, I know Timmy, he's, he's gifted and he's able to move on the floor, but he doesn't athletically look like a guy – Baylor's five guys that you said they work out with the football team. They lift I'm with the football sure team. I'm pretty sure they lift the football team. That's yeah. nuts. First off, I've never met a basketball team tough enough to work out with a football team. Um, I know that's a, a small dig. I'm gonna, I, I play football and yeah, basketball, I, so, so. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. But uh, but Gonzaga, they just physically they didn't have the talent. It looked like a D1 program going up against a D3 program if you just looked at it size-wise guy for guy. Yeah, it's not like Gonzaga doesn't have the dogs that are good players cuz they had players that were in conversation for oh, days. Drew Timmy's going to dominate some poor some poor rec league somewhere <laughs> or in the Europe in Europe in a few years or whatever it may be. I, I if I was him I'd rather just go around and be the ringer in all these different rec leagues. That's true. Cuz he's going to be able to shoot threes in the rec leagues. He's not going to have to be in the paint. that because the dude could not Shoot. That was another problem Drew Timmy was having was because or Baylor made him shoot the ball and they were ex- making it extend outside the paint. Mm-hmm. That's exactly not what he wants to do. Um, but Gonzaga, they just like I said, they were not, they're not, they weren't as physical. But, but or Baylor was all over the floor. They were diving on loose balls. They were running out of bounds to go get loose balls. Like you think Baylor or not Baylor Gonzaga used everything they had in the Final Four to get there. I would say yes, and I think Gonzaga was relying way too heavily on their talent mm. because that's one of the most talented teams Gonzaga has had in its history. There's no doubt about that. Going back to all the way to Adam Morrison days, or you can go back to the John Stockton days. That that this is the, probably the, one of the most talented teams they've had, and they relied way too heavily on their talent to win, and they didn't have that cohesiveness or the the strong will that Baylor had, where 
Baylor came in the game and was like, you know what? We don't care that you're undefeated. We don't care because a lot of people, including myself, picked them to lose in the, the round of 32. And Oof. a lot of many people were thinking that Baylor could win this tournament. Mm-hmm. And they came out with that underdog mentality and just punked the undefeated team. Yeah, I think 10.4% of people is the last percentage that I saw had Baylor winning the national championship, which is a great opportunity to say that we did crown a champion of our bracket challenge. Thank you to everybody who put in a bracket. It is now over Jaden Pendola. I'm, I'm going to look that up real quick just to make sure that I'm saying that correctly. Um, but he did win the bracket challenge. He had the highest amount of points with 1,460 points, which means that this year's bracket was fucked. Fucked up, yeah. That, not many people not a lot of a points. very good bracket. Not a lot of points. He was 10 points above the second-place person, which actually was my cousin. Shout-out, Spencer. I don't think you're listening, but my other cousin, Zach, is. So, Zach, tell Spencer I shouted him out on the podcast. Um, but, yeah, he'll be getting a white shirt from the Unhinged Network shop and a blue shirt from us uh, and a sticker because we had a sticker to give him. He's out in Michigan, so... That'll be cool. We'll get the the bench out there in Michigan over. over yeah, there. of course, man. We'll 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 keep doing cool stuff like that because, mm-hmm. um, when when it comes to summer, we're gonna have to get really creative because I'm not sitting here and watching baseball every day. We're gonna have to get creative I with got, some. I of our got stuff. a couple ideas. My walk on Sunday, I I got I, I I've been I'm teasing. I'm just teasing the listeners at this point, but I have the one that I told you about. I got another idea in my head. That might be something cool. The juices will for, get flowing. I'll yeah. tell you that. When it That's, comes, when when the, right now we are in peak season, um, because football ending March Madness and the baseball ho- or basketball and hockey being near playoffs. Yeah, we're in peak. And then when we have off season, we'll have a lot more stuff like the tournament challenge. We haven't you. had an off season on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we have not <laughs> because we've I, we were texting about it over the weekend. This is this month. Once we hit the twenty seventh of this month, it's eight months that Insane. we've been doing this podcast. And at, at that time. We will have done two Masters tournaments, the Super Bowl, that College Football National Championship, March Madness, College College Basketball World Series, World Series, yeah. NBA Championship, NHL, NHL Stanley Championship. Cup Championship. We're almost at two of those now, too. Yeah, well, this is we're basic. We did two seasons at once. So I started we, we when, were right when I was doing there. Center of Attention Sports. I started it when the sports stopped, and then we started this podcast when everything was kicking right back into gear. So it, it feels like a whirlwind, but yeah. So shout out Jaden. For winning, that was that was super cool, um, and yeah. If you want the white shirt that he's going to be getting, it is on the unhinged, unhinged sn.com website. Yeah, website. We... There's a link that'll take you to our Teespring store, and all the different. There's a few unhinged network only um, items. I think there's a shirt, a hoodie, a mug, and a gator, and then all the different podcasts have a shirt design, different color, everything like that. So. It'll help out the network as a whole, and it's reasonably priced for the, for the shirt that you're going to get. It's a nice shirt. It fits pretty much universally, and it goes – do we put – it gives the option of the 4XL. Yeah, uh, so you can get whatever size you want for any any, any, of, your, we, any of your family. So Yeah, we, i got to tell you, and I might as well tell you now, we got to start – when we start making our stuff, more merch, we got to make sure that we get at least one 3X because my dad can't fit into any of the stuff we've made so Damn, far. okay. Shoot. All right. Well, I forgot about that when we were originally making them, but just, just for the next time that we do that. Um, all right, back to the tournament, just final thoughts in general. It's over. We didn't have it for two years. It's been back. Uh, kudos to the city of Indianapolis. It looked like it was a lot of fun for the. It was as good of an event as they can do. Fantastic! In the times. Absolutely fantastic. We done. 
does this make up? I mean, do you it feel doesn't like... make up for last year because okay. of not having it, but this is as good of a tournament as you can get because we had everything we could want. We had the undefeated team go all the way to the national championship and then lose. We had the underdog stories and Max Acemas and Oral Roberts mm. or the, the UCLA's and then Johnny Juzang's who played in the first four and made it to the final four. This tournament had everything you want in a March Madness tournament, and I'm so damn happy that it was back because it's. I think it is one of the best tournaments in in sports every single year, and um, there's a reason why there's millions and millions of brackets put out every year because of how much fun this can be. Yeah, I mean, in our bracket challenge alone, we had over 250, I think, mm-hmm. and that was not uh, – the people were – like you, you say you fill out ten brackets. There are people filling out ten brackets. So people filling out twenty five brackets. Yeah. So. there's there's a lot. People wanted those those damn shirts because they're, they're so comfortable. If you want the blue ones, DM us at F, at FEOTB Pod. Uh, first shout out to the women's tournament as well. That looked like it absolutely was, fantastic. Yeah, final four. Final four was very com- competitive in the championship game, which brings us to another shout out, Jana Van Guytenbeek. Uh, Sis- sister of one of our teammates. The star. On the- uh, well, not the well, one of the stars because he's a shooter. Yeah, one of the shooters on the team. One of our better players on our men's rec league team, Carter's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't get any. She got a little bit of PT in the tournament, but she is on the Stanford women's basketball team that won the ship. So shout out Jana, man. It's it, it's uh, I've I've known that family for a long time, and it's cool to see she won a quote unquote state title last year, and then now this year national champion. Pretty damn cool. Yeah, I mean back to back, that's that's pretty insane. And I've known uh, we went to school with Carter for a while. I'm not as close with the family, but it's always cool to see somebody that went to your high school now as a national champion. Yeah, just... that's that Stanford team had three yeah. players that are all from Colorado. Fran Believe, like I'm totally pronouncing the name, name wrong, but Fran who went to Regis, who was a girl who dunked in high school, by the way. If, if you remember that seeing that video of a girl dunking in high school on your feeds or whatever, that girl went to Regis. Um, and then they had another girl who went to a school up in the mountains. I can't think I can't think of the her at the top of my name. But yeah, showing out for the state of Colorado in basketball, which is awesome to see. because um, like I said, our state kinda gets blown over when it comes to certain athletes, but Stanford is producing some good Colorado talent alongside Christian McCaffrey too. Yeah. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, the best player in their uh, football team's history. Mm-hmm. Um Sanford's had a really good spring season because they're wrestling, especially with. Oh, their... also, sorry, uh, not the best player in their history. Who? who uh, John is? Elway. John Elway, I think, wins that award. What did he win with Stanford? He he he's he's a legend. John Elway. He still... didn't win anything with Stanford he, though. McCaffrey didn't win anything either. He won a Rose Bowl. Okay, but I think I think John, I don't I think think pretty LA, sure John Elway won some bowl games. I'll I don't know. I'll have to, that'll be my homework for the week. I'll have to look up John Elway's collegiate sets. I know he was talented, but I don't think that he did very well to be considered the best player of the of their team. Best, he had the best one of the best careers after. Yeah, by far. one of the best professional careers that that they've had. And then now he he had to fire himself into a promotion. So true, he's doing true. well for himself. You can do a lot with a Stanford business degree. That's what we're saying. Stay in school. And, and do well enough that you can go to Stanford. And if you can play sports, play sports. And especially go to some women's basketball games because, like I said, it's very unfortunate how the women's tournament started, but luckily they were able to fix that. And these girls deserve a lot more credit because I, I've realized as a coach now nowadays especially, like I'm seeing a lot more women's basketball and I'm seeing a lot more women especially enjoy the game of basketball. And it brings a, it brings a smile on my face because I think – 
I think women's basketball can now be up there with the softballs or the um, gymnastics mm. or women's basketball is respected that highly and that they, they've come a long way because the sport has, has grown a lot. And it was a really cool, great Final Four and a fantastic title game. Yeah, all competitive games. And you had two upsets because – or one almost upset in the Stanford-South Carolina game and then UConn, UConn which everybody Bukers, picked yeah. to win, lost with the best player in the country – uh, I think she won the wooden, the female wooden. Yeah, award. I can, I don't know the name of it. I, but yeah. I think they call it the female wooden award. Wooden award yeah. Um, but yeah, she had a she had a great tournament, and then that was a, an incredible game. Um, so March Madness was great. Glad to have it back, and I'm looking forward to it next year. Yeah, wow. next next year, hope I will not be picking any Big Ten school to win it all. I'm telling you right now because I am so pissed at that. I'm picking a Pac-12 school to go to the Final Four. I'll, I'll figure it out when it is, who it is next year. But I'm gonna guarantee that because I I am so. Oh, man, I'm so fired up, man. This tournament was so much fun. Like I said, I'm going to probably pick North Carolina because shout out Hubert Davis getting the job in North Carolina because oh, Robert Williams retired finally. Um, now Coach K's turn and John Shire to take over. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun next year's tournament. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive because, like I said, we missed it last year. Mm-hmm. I think it's only going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, I just want to point out the fact that I said I'm looking forward to March Madness next year. I know. That's that's a big step. That's a big step. <laughs> All right, let's transition to hockey because it, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the Avalanche are on a 14-game point streak. Oh, Ball Arena is booming, baby. Ooh. Ball Arena is booming. Yeah. The Avs and Nuggets have been rolling, especially the Avs, man. Oh, my God. 13-0-2 in this, their last 15. This team is putting up goals like no other. They are ungodly putting up points yeah and uh we'll mention it a little bit later uh it doesn't matter if you score first on them because they can they'll even rattle it, off four in a and row. then they'll put you down three because that's what they did against the wild and the the goal that started it off will come up again later down the line uh, is it peaking too early no okay. uh, no because look I think we're hitting the stride at the right time because we're getting close to the end of the season. We're getting near there, and this team, finally, we're having a backup goaltender get playing a little bit better, and, and Jonas, whatever, I think. I, can't uh, think I don't his know name. his name. Johansson. Oh. Johansson. Yeah, Johansson. The goalie. He's been playing decently. And this Avs team now, we are seeing them hit their stride, and hopefully that they can stick with it because now we're healthy. We're getting healthy. That's the scariest part. When is EJ coming back? Yeah, we get EJ back. We get um, some of these guys back fully healthy. That's a problem. McKinnon has just started getting in his form. We expected this McKinnon from game, from game one, and we are finally getting it now. That's a problem for we everybody al- else. We also have a terrorizing Miko Rantanen. Uh, just some mentioned some guys that are up around the statistics for the, the top of the statistics for the league. Gruby's first in goals against average at 1.83, and he has the most wins of any goaltender. More, He has one more than Vasilevsky at 24. Uh, Miko Rantanen is third in goals behind the Canadian Destroyers, McDavid and Matthews, the, because they don't play against any goaltenders. That's why they have so many goals. But he's got 21 on the season, and McKinnon is second at his plus-minus rating because McKinnon doesn't just play offense. He plays defense. He's at oh my uh, plus God. 23. One of the things also I've loved about this winning streak or this, this past 15-game span for the Avs is they're not getting punked anymore. No. They are fighting back. Oh, yeah. We they didn't get to talk about back. the little bucket toss. Oh, the that bucket McKinnon toss. Has. That killed me. <laughs> he, little... doesn't like, he doesn't like the, uh, the, the Coyotes. They don't like the Coyotes. Or Carter, the, Carter the, wild, Garland, the wild drop gloves. Every yeah. team in this division was looking to fight each other. Well, is is Garland the guy that Landeskog body slammed earlier on it in might, the season? It might have been. And then now yeah. he got punked. He's, he doesn't like coming. He doesn't he like playing like the Avalanche. Here, 
No, don't don't send me back to Ball Arena. Don't don't do that. Don't do that to me. Don't do that. To don't me. put that death wish on me, Ricky Bobby. No, I read a. I I keep. I mentioned it a lot. I read an article about McKinnon, and when he plays in the international tournaments, he finds the toughest guys, and he gets tips on how to be the tough guy because he doesn't want to need an enforcer. He's mm-hmm. I'm the enforcer. Eh? I'm from Saskatchewan, and I'm yeah. gonna kick your ass, yeah. eh? and then I'm gonna skate past you and put it in the net. Yeah, this AFS team. There, this is this is the team they've been waiting for. Right here, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is the team that we stuck through those Matt Duchesne years, that we stuck through the Patrick Wall years where we were so shit at, 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 in the league. We were the worst we team in the league. We were the worst team in the league. We were the worst team in the league. Well, the worst team in league history at that point. This is this is the light at the end of the tunnel, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. And we are we are right on the cusp. Broncos fans, listen and take notes because this is what can happen when you hit the depths of hell. And for Broncos country, you've hit your depths of hell because you didn't have back-to-back losing seasons since 1970. That's true, but we have won a Super Bowl in the last 10 years, so that's the Broncos have fans have a little bit of edge there. But that's not, what, they don't even like that anymore, though. They want another one. Broncos country. Yeah, I'm aware, I'm aware of that. I, mean, I am a part of Broncos country. Well, I'm aware I want another one. But that's why I, I was barking back and forth with you on Twitter was um, – there's a reason why it should not be football season right now. If you're a Broncos fan, do yourself a favor. Don't even look at any draft stuff because that's disrespectful to this Avs team and to this Nuggets team. That is damn disrespectful. Yes, we're going to cover draft coverage because we're a podcast and we have to do that, but it is damn disrespectful if you're a Broncos fan if you or you live in the state of Colorado and you don't give the Nuggets or Av respect because both these teams right now are booming. And what we've seen – the at Ball Arena, for people who don't live in the state of Colorado, Ball Arena is finally open up to fans, and every single time there's fans in the arena, the building sounds like it's 10, 15,000 deep, but there's only two or 3,000. And that's that the roar and the excitement for both these teams is outstanding, and I'm so damn happy about it. Yeah, we're about to have a little bit of a sociology experiment because Nico's going to the Nuggets game this weekend, and he's probably going to be a part of that crowd yelling. And then I'm and going yelling to the Rocky. MVP at Jokic. Yeah. I'm going to the Rockies game on Wednesday night. So the, the night that you guys are listening to this on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, uh, if I start screaming tonight, I'm going to be the only one screaming. Hey, hey, do you, do you have your uh, Cardinals uh, Arenado shirt ready outside the press box? No. Like the rest of the fans on opening night? No. <laughs> Did no. you see that? I, d- I didn't see that. Yeah, because the, there was a group of group of fans that all bought Nolan Arenado Cardinals shirts red and and sat outside of Dick Monfort and Bryditch's box area. And heckled the whole time. Nice. I love it. And yeah. we won opening night. And I love it. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing. I didn't see that happen because all of the other crazy shit that happened on opening weekend for – we have the, a cat now. So the Monfords are like – Yeah, uh, that, that's what we got for the $50 million for Arenado. They, they gave us a cat. They gave us a straight bad. cat that we can brand as the Coors Cat because uh, they caught it. They caught it twice. They, the first they that, lost it the, the, the first The first time. guy that, got, that caught it got clawed. So then they sent a guy that after that got gloves, and then he caught it, and then it escaped. It went down a service entrance, and it's still in there somewhere in the stadium. Yeah, they they lost. If, if you see, you'll see the Coors Cat again probably eventually here. But, Maybe you'll see him see him Wednesday night. Possibly, uh, but it's it's sad that we have a similar story to the Jets organization. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, maybe that's the cat that gets this organization in the right direction. Oh, if if we have to rely on the Coors Cat for that, that's, that's hey, not you a never good thing. know. But, Anything will do. It's going to be an interesting dichotomy because we're going to be putting a lot of stuff when we're at these games because we've been clamoring about let me go back to games for a long time. You got to go to a Broncos game. I This is my first event, social event. It's the first big thing that I've done since a Garth Brooks concert in 2018. I didn't really do a ton in 2019 before I was going to, but we, I just never did. 
Um, so I'm I'm pumped for that. I'm pumped that it's at Coors Field, and I'm going to be getting to drink some nice cold oh, Coors yeah. Lights. The good thing is Jimmy isn't a Rockies fan, so he doesn't care about the product on the field. He can get hammered all he wants. I, I'm going to need to drink because the baseball fan in me, the guy that used to play, is going to be watching what's going on and just like, oh, this is – It's because it's – You guys get paid to do this? And they're playing the Diamondbacks too. Oh, it's – That's yeah. – You guys both are professionals – yeah, I'm hammering the under in that okay. game. I'll tell you that right now. Or, no, baseball with bad teams, you hammer the over because the fielding is going to be shit, oh, too. That's also true. Shit. And it's a lot easy. It's very easy. Coors Field, never go under. It's true. It's very... oh, I, I've, I've eaten my own words because the first two games, I hit the, I bet the under, and I was one run off. And then the third game, I was like, fuck it, I'll bet the over. And then I missed it by half a point because it was the under. That's how my sports betting has gone the past week. Yeah. So no, maybe don't listen to my Beaks of the Week segment here in a little bit. I, I say it all the time. Do Take what I say and then do the opposite of whatever I say, and you'll end up having a winner. Um, real quickly, we're, we have a little bit of time, so let's talk about this Panthers trade, and then we'll save the we'll, – we're going to have a, another NFL segment after the break. Uh, I'm going to be responding to Todd McShay's latest mock draft, which is now kind of null and void with the, what we're going to discuss now. But the Panthers – and the Jets have agreed for a trade for Sam Darnold. So Sam Darnold is out of New York, and the Panthers um, are going to get Darnold, and they traded away a sixth-round pick this year, a second-round pick next year, and a fourth-round pick next year, which, um, I'll, I'll first of all, it, it puts a lot of pressure on Denver at nine. Who, it really doesn't, if I'm being honest, but you can people, tell that. People who wanted a quarterback, it puts a lot of pressure on, on them at nine because they're not going to be – now you don't have to negotiate with the Broncos. You can negotiate with somebody else and, and get ahead of them for the quarterback that you want. I I, th- I did not think one of these top quarterbacks was going to fall tonight anyways. There's uh, like there like there's no shot the well, Broncos yeah. dropped a quarterback unless you drop to drop or move out to four. We'll we'll have to talk about that because the, that's something interesting. That's why I wanted to respond to McShay's um, draft, mock draft because that's one of the other points of contention. First one was that it's the longest a first round goes without a defensive pick because the Broncos make the first defensive selection at nine and they do it with Justin Fields on the board. He had I, him falling past. You, Fields won't get that far. I, Someone I'm will trade up. That's, hesitant that's... to say if he will or not, because there's a lot of shade being thrown his way and it's probably all smoke screens, but you can, that's the thing about draft time. You never, you can never take anything anybody says at face value. Based upon what he did in his pro day, first of all, and second of all, the first three picks almost guaranteeing there being quarterback, and the fourth pick has a 50 50 shot of there being a quarterback and then not being a quarterback. There's, I would bet a lot of money on one of the first four picks being Justin Fields. I think right now what San Francisco is looking at is they're deciding not even Trey Lance. It's between Mac Jones and Justin Fields at three. So if if they go Mac Jones or they go there or someone goes else, like you're going to see either a team move into the sixth pick or and, and, and or with the Dolphins and possibly trade back, or you could see a team get into the seventh pick. But there's no shot Justin Fields falls at nine. There will be a trade somewhere because of the talent he has. Like that's 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 not a logical idea. It's not. And it, and the rumors right now is that Locke is. Not is the guy for one more year. He has to prove himself. It's a prove a year because we're not in a position of we're not ass every year. We're not a top five pick for a reason because we still have a good team that we could possibly make a wild card position. But uh, you're still a top ten pick. Yeah, you're a top ten pick, but we're not bottom seller. We're not a laughing stock Jacksonville Jaguars. And no offense, the Bengals. W- 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 not the Bengals. Not the Bengals right now. The Bengals in the nineties because I'll. I'll 
I'll gladly throw shade at the Bengals in the 90s, back-to-back first number one overall picks. We're not. We, there's a reason why this team has never had a number one overall pick. Because this team is always somewhat competitive, and they win games they shouldn't. And although they get their asses kicked by the Chiefs at home, they still make it a game. Uh, they are one of the only teams outside the Buccaneers to make it a game against the Chiefs. So uh, you can shit on the Broncos all you want, anyone endeavor about the Broncos, but this team, like I said, they are going to have a top five defense in the league. Fucking book it. And the only problem now is what what's the offense going to look like? Yeah, they. I think that they're still going to bring in uh, – I don't think that it's going to be a quarterback through the draft, but I think they're going to bring in some competition. They'll probably these fucking Nick Foles or something stupid. Gardner Minshew's out there right now, and there's some. It's better. It'd be a smarter move to get a quarterback that is a veteran. Gardner Minshew is just for the memes. It it depends on if you want him to have a legitimate competition. You bring in a guy that's around the same age, but if you want, I feel it. I find it very difficult. I I don't know if I don't know if Drew Locke can beat Nick Foles out in a quarterback competition he probably can but it's just difficult for me to see see him doing that the broncos aren't sending a quarterback right now to the competition it's drew's team well well, they may draft a quarterback for competition but they won't sign a quarterback for competition because the only option of to beat drew drew lock out on the market is deshaun watson and that whole shit show is still going on so yeah, we don't have to mention – we don't have to talk about that because it's it's too much to get into at this point. Um, but for the Panthers, they're now going to have to try and – there's a report coming out that they're going to try and restructure Teddy Bridgewater's dealer deal. But what does this mean for Bridgewater? What does this mean for the Panthers? Who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback? I know I like this a lot, Darnold, because, look, Darnold got disrespected because the Jets organization has been shit. He's had to deal with fucking Adam Gase, and he's had to deal with the terrible ownership in he, New York. Adam Gase and Greg Williams, he was a five, fifth overall pick, and he got traded for a sixth, two, a he was a, like a third overall pick or a second. I think he was fifth. Maybe he might have been third. He was top five pick. I, I think he was number three because that year Baker went one. Uh-huh. And then Saquads went to, and then he was third. Saquon, Saquon, Saquon's quads are bigger than when he <laughs> before he tore his ACL. I saw that video today. Um, yeah, so he's a top five pick, and then he got traded for a sixth, a fourth, and a second next year. He, he didn't even garner. I don't know if he was worth a first round pick, but he definitely is worth a second round pick just for his draft value alone. And Greg Williams and and. Adam Gase, they made sure that that guy was never going to have any trade value because he, was, he, was he the, doesn't know how to read a defense because all he saw was eight-man blitzes. He was the only reason why the Jets were in any games last year. The reason why they won that single game and fucked themselves out of the number one pick. They won two games. Two games. Excuse me. They won the first of all. They were on the 0-16 track, and then mm-hmm. they lost. They won that one game, which they shouldn't have. And Darnold was a big reason for that. And Darnold was making plays with his legs. He was making plays with his arm. And right now he gets in a great situation because the Panthers' offense is very good. You have, if, if worst-case scenario, you have you can hand the ball to Christian McCaffrey or you can dump it off to him in the backfield. You and got New York, Robbie Anderson on the outside. Yeah, and Robbie Anderson. He's which, played with him before. Reunion and then DJ Moore out there too. But the best weapon that Sam Darnold had last year was fucking Frank Gore. At, at at 38 or something stupid. Yeah. He, like he's 782 he'll have yards weapons. away from passing Walter Payton for second all-time rushing yards. Yeah, one of, the, one of the reasons why Sam Darnold was was not as good because you put no talent around him. Mm-hmm. You put zero talent around him and then you expect Adam Gase to make turn him into Peyton Manning because Adam Gase had one year where Peyton Manning he broke coached, some records. He, yeah. He he was listed as the coach on the roster one year with Peyton Manning. Even though Peyton Manning called the plays and 
everything, everything like that. Yeah. Also, got, one thing you got to remember: Sam Darnold's only twenty three years old. The dude, like, wh- and and he's on a rookie contract. This is, I mean, the Panthers really won this trade. I think. Oh, I, they won every, because what's the Jets the, needed to get rid of him, but the Panthers the worst, won. What's the worst case scenario for the Panthers? Terry Bridgewater flops, and you throw Darnold out there and see what he has, because it's it's a situation where Panthers are still a good team, solid that they could possibly be a wild card position. It could be vice versa too, where you Darnold wins the position and then he doesn't do well. You have Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater go back. Yeah, it's so. it's a it's a great quarterback competition and the Panthers like I said they have one of the best running backs in the world in the country in Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. that makes life a lot easier him being ha- back healthy next year will help yeah they're I mean I think they're in a good position they definitely if you can't have one elite quarterback or one guy that's going to consistently be able to win you games I think Teddy Bridgewater got a bad bad deal with all the injuries and everything that they had on offense last year but if you don't have one elite guy at least have two, I think, really talented guys that under the right situation can become possibly franchise guys. That, that's that's what I see with their quarterback situation. All right, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and get into the break. We'll hear from the partners, our partners um, at the Unhinged Sports Network and here at the far end of the bench. And when we come back, we'll respond to uh, some of what Mo- Todd McShay had in his most recent mock draft. Like we said, it's not going to mean a whole bunch and then get into our segments and we'll finish up this episode 35 uh, of the far end of the bench here on the Unhinged Sports Network. Benchwarmers, we know you guys like to drink your craft beer and that's a good thing because we're entering a partnership with one of the best youngest breweries in the western slope of Colorado, High Alpine Brewing Company. We know that there's a lot of listeners out there in Gunnison. You guys know what we're talking about with High Alpine, but Scott the owner and us to Nico and Jimmy for the far end of the bench podcast have entered into a working partnership with them. And there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out like merch. We're going to have some possible giveaway deals with them. If you mentioned listening to the far end of the bench podcast, so there's great things coming with us and, the, and high Alpine brewing company. Exactly. Who doesn't like drinking beer while watching sports at a bar? That's the greatest combination there can be. Um, you got to go check out our, our friends up there. A lot of great things out of us and one of the best breweries in Colorado, hands down. Um, they got a lot of good stuff. Jimmy and I will be promoting their stuff like no other. I guarantee you that. We'll be wearing their shirts. Um, be sure to go on their website. They got good merchandise over there. Check them out there. And then obviously go taste their great beer because they have a great selection. Great selection, always on tap. Nice cold craft beer. Also, follow them on Instagram at High Alpine Brewing Company. Look them up on Facebook, also at High Alpine Brewing Company. They're one of the biggest and youngest breweries in Colorado. Go give them a shout-out and help out the far end of the bench and help us grow our brand. Thanks, guys. Bench warmers, thank you guys for listening to the Unhinged Sports Network. And we wanted to talk about Fanatics once again, our oldest partner, our very first partner on the Unhinged Sports Network. You can still use their link in our bio and make your purchase because there's new jerseys coming out on that site. And, and not just jerseys and shirts, it's anything merchandise-wise. Uh, all of the podcasts on the Unhinged Sports Network talk about it at FEOTB Pod to find the link in our bio and use that to buy your shirt. They got promo codes every single day. Um, great, great deals, great content, great, great merchandise that you can get. Nico, what are some of the things that they can find on the Fanatics website through our link that they can buy? 
Well, I mean, it's it's March, it's April, man, this we have lots of good stuff coming, day. but the best time of March is the conference tournaments for college basketball, yes, and all those beautiful warm-ups that they use throughout the tournament. If you see a dude losing his mind on the bench with a sick warm-up while you're watching the tournament, go to use the Fanatics ad, go get you one of the warm-ups from those universities, and go get support your favorite teams, because all those... Sick warm-ups, like I said. Sick jerseys, whatever it may be. Lots of good stuff. And the All-Star Game just happened. NBA All-Star Game happened. Go get you a Nicole Jokic jersey. I'm not sure what the color looks like right now because we're recording before. But go get you a Nicole Jokic jersey. Go get you... <coughs> excuse me, all-star warm-ups. I got an all-star warm-up jacket off Fanatics. Go use, but you have to use that link. Make sure you use that link. Yeah, Fanatics, the best place for a sports fan. Get all your different merchandise that you need. Link in our bio at FEOTB Pod. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network and support your favorite team. Welcome back, bench warmers. You heard the Fanatics ad in there. Uh, Baylor fans. Use the Fanatics link. Stanford women's basketball fans use the Fanatics link in our bio at FEOTB Pod. If you're a UCLA or Gonzaga fan you mm-hmm. or, or a Houston fan, you can still go get the Final Four gear too. At a discount now. At a discount now. So you can get all that good stuff through the Fanatics still. I know I've used the hell out of that mm-hmm. um, all the time. So I'd, I'd go go buy all that merch. Yeah, all my Gonzaga friends, if you're crying about last night, I apologize. I think one of them jinxed him because I have a buddy who works for a TV station out in Spokane. Um, and he got flown out. He was kind of the correspondent for the station at the tournament. And he was in the merchandise store and he found the section for the eliminated teams. And he said, Oh, making some room for Baylor later tonight. And, uh, we all know what happened yourself. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, we're not talking about March madness anymore. Let's talk about this mock draft from Todd McShay. Uh, he, he, he's one of the more respected draft guys. Obviously, this is a crapshoot. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I think the year that Baker went number one overall, I don't know if I got one right until pick number six. Yeah. And that was only by luck because... I, I think because that was the year with Bradley Chubb, and I think mm-hmm. the only one you probably would have gotten right because everything else was so wacky was probably Quentin Nelson at to the Colts. Uh, no, because I bought into the hype that you couldn't draft a guard in the top five. Oh. So I don't even know if I got that one right. Um, I might have had the Broncos getting Quentin Nelson, actually, in that yeah. draft. So, all right, let's talk about this 4.0. And mainly, we obviously know who he has going number one overall. But I mentioned it in our last little discussion we were having about the trade with the Panthers and and the Jets. This is historic in the fact that the first defensive player is not drafted till number nine, which just so happens to be the Denver Broncos. Um and he has them picking Patrick Sertan in his mock draft. But the other let, – let's just talk about that first. Do you think it's feasible that we don't see a defensive player drafted until pick number nine? I think I think number eight now position is a lot more open. I think if, if Chase or, or um, if Devontae Smith fall to eight, I think maybe they'll go offense again. Carolina there, but I think Carolina goes defense there. Because now that they trade Car- – Carolina doesn't have that pick. They, they they don't have the or, eight pick. or in in his in his scenario sorry they don't have they traded that pick to the lions and the lions draft Jalen Waddle at eight oh that that happens yeah but I think if Carolina Car- the team will probably try to jump up again try to get Waddle or the likes of one of these quarterbacks at eight but if Carolina sits there I think they're the most likely destination for maybe Micah Parsons or maybe a a, a type of Cal player for Sertan as well 
Oh, I see what what was going on with the eighth pick. The to the Lions and Panthers swapped seven and eight, and the the Lions uh, the Panthers moved up to draft Trey Lance, which probably That's not happening happen anymore. Now. But that was what was going on. So if they do, if that does happen, the Broncos take the first defensive player, which I think they probably they. That's not something that is out of the realm of what they should do because bolstering a defense is always good. It's what won them the Super Bowl uh, back in 2015. Who do you want them to take? Do you want them to go Sertan even though they've kind of solidified their cornerback room this year, or do you think they should go somewhere else? I'm very big on Sertan, but I'm also very big on Parsons. The way I see it is next year there will be another stud corner come out. I don't know who it will be. But next year, there will be more corners out. And you have Darby, and especially you have Kyle Fuller, who are on one-year, two-year deals. So your cornerback room is still is one of the better ones in the, in the NFL. You have Kyle Fuller, who is a lockdown, lockdown corner. You have, um, you have Michael Jamudia, who is one of the most underrated corners this last year. He gets to move to his natural slot position. Natural slot though. position. You have Bryce Callahan still there. Um, and then you have Darby as well. There's four corners that are all – going to be either all on the field at the same time or not all on the field at the same time. So that's why I'm in the spot of go get Parsons because if next year we have this possible problem of cornerbacks, cornerbacks not it, and the cornerback position is not solidified, then you go draft the corner next year. Because the right now the cornerback room is one of the better position groups for the Broncos have right now. The DBs are set. You yeah. bring back Kareem Jackson, you bring Justin Simmons back. The This is version 2.0, no fly zone. And I would arguably say that this 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 no fly zone has a little more depth because the corner position for the no fly zone had Akeeb and Chris Harris and Bradley Roby, but there was never a fourth, third, fourth guy that you relied on. Roby was decent at times, but the third, fourth guy was always a question mark. So that's why I think the the the, the secondary is completely fine. I think if you get Parsons, you can slot him inside the middle middle linebacker position. You're set there. Because you do not need to go after anything big anymore. Because you'll have Jewel, you'll have Parsons, and you'll have Alexander Johnson, who had a great year too. Then your defense is top three in the in the NFL. Like that defense will be damn good enough. Having a healthy Von Miller, having healthy Bradley Chubb, having Shelby Harris back, and then you have a linebacker that has been flying around in all over draft boards and is one of the better defensive players in this draft. And because all the teams in front of you want to draft quarterbacks and wide receivers. He falls to you at nine. That's a dream scenario. I don't disagree that drafting Parsons would be very good, and and it it bodes you know everything that you said about the cornerback room. Yes, I think that's great. My one thing is all those guys that you mentioned in the cornerback room. The only one that's going to be there longer than this next season, probably more than likely. There's two Darby because he's on a two year deal, but they they very well can move on after this one year. And Ojemudia because he's rookie still deal, on yeah. his rookie deal. Everybody else is going to need to be some somewhat restructured, resigned at the end of the season. And if you want to play the contract game, if you want to, you basically got to decide in in the AFC West. Do you want to be able to have the secondary to compete with Patrick Mahomes, which everybody should want to, or do you want the linebacker that is probably going to be able to shut down these dynamic tight ends? You're going to have to be going up against. The thing is, Sertan. Will be a number four receiver, number four corner, or number five corner. He will not be put in the. Dog you don't think he's going to be above Ojemudia? That's why I said fourth, fourth or fifth, because I put Callahan, I put I put um, Kyle Fuller, and I put Ronald Darby ahead of him right now. I put Ojemudia as the fourth. 
I, I, I think if they draft him at nine, they probably feel like they have to start. That's, and, and that's, that's about, why I don't do that, too. Yeah. There's another reason why I don't do that, because you have proven guys already. Because my call, you are not taking Kyle Fuller off the field. You are no. not taking Bryce Callahan off the field. Because mm-hmm. Callahan wanted to have... I, I could do without Callahan on the field sometimes. But, but Callahan in the Fangio defense with Kyle Fuller back? There's a reason why the Bears were halfway decent with Trubisky not too long ago. It's because their defense was that good. Double doink. Sorry, Zach. So, like, you you're, you can't take playtime away from those guys. Yeah. And then you're moving Sertan at the slot. Like, that's that's why I'm in the position of this is a this is a royalty pick for the Broncos because your defense is damn good. The only problems you have is offensively, and you're just really young. And because you, you don't draft a receiver because the receiver group is damn good and really good young. And you don't draft a running back because there isn't a guy that should be drafted number 10. And the quarterback position, there's the, that's the biggest question mark. The O-line has been very, was very solid at the end of the year. So you have to go linebacker there because cor- corner is, like I said, if we didn't make all these moves, because we signed three, sorry, we signed four guys in our, in our um, secondary to offseason deals. Justin mm-hmm. Simmons, the big deal. Kareem Jackson brought back on a one year deal. I think safety is a better, is another option outside of corner because you bring in another guy that can fill in for Kareem Jackson. I feel like that may be more likely than Sertan because if we didn't sign um, Darby and Kyle Fuller this offseason, I would, that's why I was all over Patrick Sertan. But now, yeah. now you can get a corner next year because corners, like you said, corners don't, corners is a revolving position. Pretty like much, you can, yeah. you can, you can, the college football always has good corners and, and sometimes they're not always the best ones aren't always at the top. I mean, look, look what Okuda did last year. Yes. The lines are ass, yeah. but Okuda's, Okuda wasn't yeah. the best defensive player last year. Winfield was, and Winfield um, was the best secondary posi- player in, in this draft. Yeah, I just I don't think that there's a safety that's worthy of the night. If you're gonna go safety, they trade back. Trade, yeah, that's that, that's where I was. Just, you mm-hmm. trade back or you take Parsons. Yeah, um, that matter. I I think that taking Parsons would be a smart thing. It's similar to that year that they drafted Chubb because I actually I remember now I had Chubb going um, to the Browns. I had them picking Denzel Ward and Bradley Chubb, but I had them picking Bradley Chubb number two because I think that he was the best player in that draft overall that year, and I had them taking. Um, Denzel Ward the, the second time, but uh, other than that, I think that's probably good enough because we got to get into the rest of our segments for this uh, NFL segment. But that was, we'll continue to talk about that draft. I watched Penny Sewell's pro day highlights. Whew, that was that was, uh, that was an exciting video J- to J- watch J- as a former offensive lineman. Jimmy, go go watch the <clears throat> LSU national championship too while you're at it. You're, if you you're, if you don't get Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell, it is a travesty, and Bear, Bengals fans should not not show up to the stadium. That that is Bengals fans one have, and option two. Bengals fans don't show up to the Bengals stadium anyways. I, as, so I've been told from somebody who lives there. Um, but they, uh, yeah, Penny Sewell. I, I saw a picture that that I I now agree with. Thanks, buddy. Boomers Boomers moving over closer. Um, and it's, it's drawn in stick figures, so I'm able to understand it in my simple brain. Burrow, Sewell, throw over to anybody because he's standing upright. Burrow, their offensive line currently. Jamar Chase standing. Burrow's sacked offensive line currently. And Jamar Chase standing there open, but nobody's being able to throw the ball to him because they can't protect him. Um, and, and I watch game film of Penny Sewell. I don't just go off, off the pro day highlights. I watch game film of him, and he dominated the 2019 Auburn offense, Auburn defensive line. 
which if you remember correctly, has Derek Brown, who was drafted before Isaiah Simmons, which I lost my mind on uh, in the 2020 draft. So he's I, – I agree with you. If they don't get one of those two guys, I will a throw a fit. A I will throw a, I throw a big, big fit like I planned on throwing today. I'm just in a better mood than, than what I was going to be. The, Otherwise, I would have torn Cincinnati to shreds. See, the, that graphic, yeah, it, it makes sense, but like – you sign tackles in free agency. Not one as good as Penny. I know not one as good, but we could be falling into a situation where Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, we are missing out on possibly the next Brady and and, and Moss or the or the next um You're, Peyton and Marvin Harrison. That look that that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase proven that that is one of the best connections we have ever seen in college football history. Ever. Ever, Jimmy. I know. I know. It's the best one of all time. I, I get it. I get it wholeheartedly. That's the bad thing about the Bengals is that they they have so many holes that I'm torn between two people every single season. I was torn between Joe Burrow and Chase Young last year. Yeah, good thing you got off that train because Joe Burrow's a stud. Uh, yeah, I, I love having him there. But I also would have loved having a pass rush like Chase Young and brought. And then you'd be drafting a quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. And we would probably be up around top five overall picks. We'd be able to get the quarterback we wanted too. But I love having I, I love having the homegrown guy at quarterback. All right, I promise that's the end of, of the the football jibber jabber because I can go all day. We put football on here. Nico says we do it because we're a podcast and we have to. If I have to talk basketball, I, I get to talk football. That's my it's my little treat to myself. It's my it's my cheeseburger after the gym. That's fair. All right, let's uh, let's do let's start with bench warmer of the week because um, I think you'll enjoy mine. But I'll let you start. Man, I was torn between two. I really wanted to put Adam Morris in there because I feel bad for him because it was finally Gonzaga's year to oh, to make up yeah. for his run, and they made up. They they the they, they got him the redemption. They got him the redemption in the final four. They did. They they, they it was the Adam Morrison game winner. Having hearing him on that call was awesome to yeah, see. I'll have to tweet that video because yeah, it's amazing. It was awesome to see Adam Morrison. Gonzaga legend. It's unfortunate his NBA career got derailed, but that's because UCLA clapped him in the Final Four 15 years ago. But yeah. my bench of the week, it's Paul Pierce. It's, it's way too easy. Way too easy. Gerald Wallace with the ring, ladies and gentlemen. Way too easy. The, the, the fact of the matter is, is, first of all, I'm not a Paul Pierce fan. Everyone who knows me knows that. I'm not a Paul Pierce fan, and his basketball takes are some of the worst I have ever seen in my life. Worse than what Brandon Marshall said. said they, that was pretty bad about the Brandon Marshall and the, the NBA players. Just thinking that not if guaranteed. you're the loudest, loudest guy in the room that you're the smartest. No, they're fully guaranteed everybody is. Everybody. Yeah. But look, Paul Pierce, man, that is the most glorified single championship in NBA history because Boston had the, one of the best teams in the league for about five years. They won one ring. And you want to know what? Paul Pierce, if he didn't have KG or Ray Allen, he would have been nothing his whole career. Nothing. Yeah. I, I can't believe that you're talking about his basketball career, not what happened over yeah, that, on those that videos. Too. I, I, I'm not trying to stay away from that for our PG listeners. Um, God, but, man. Uh, but I am not going to miss his basketball takes on ESPN. Because <laughs> when, he, when he came out and said, yeah, this Nuggets th- – he said after game one of the Nuggets beat, or lo- losing to the Jazz that the Jazz were going to sweep us. And then he went out and said that he had a better career than Dwayne Wade. Then he said that he owned LeBron his whole career, matchup wise, and that's a fucking lie. If you have, if you <laughs> for know, the PG listeners, yeah, for the PG listeners, that's a damn lie. I'm, just, um, I'm giving you shit. But Paul Pierce, 
I'm so glad he's no longer a part of ESPN because get me somebody better. I, I miss Chauncey on, on the ESPN or NBA on ESPN cast. I miss because he's a coach now. And, man, Paul Pierce will not be missed. I'll tell you that. I love Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson is hilarious, and I'm glad he's getting some more face time instead of Paul Pierce. He's also a podcaster too. True, he's, he's, he's got a great part. He's, oh, yeah. I listened to him on part of my take, and it was – I don't know who he is. I still don't really know who oh, he is based Richard on his playing Jefferson, career. Richard Jefferson had some bunnies. Also, former Denver Nugget. Fun fact. Okay, he, uh, he, I love he him was even more he then. was Jamal Murray's uh, um, vet his mm. rookie year. Yeah, I. Who would have thought that Disney doesn't like strippers and weed on your it's Instagram live? <laughs> yeah, who would have? They can fire you for that shit. I mm-hmm. guess uh, Paul Pierce learned the hard way. Don't do that, kids. I honestly, I'm kind of thinking that he didn't know or he wasn't. Oh, he aware knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. I think he was already so far out of his mind. He was like, uh, nobody's going to see this shit. No, he knew exactly what he was doing. Nobody's going to screen record this. Who's going to screen record this? poker chips over his head at a woman. That's, that's, as, that's as low as you can get for Paul Pierce. It was, yeah. High as a kite, too. I would, yeah. Oh, so, so. <laughs> Just, oh. It's so bad. That that that's that's the epitome of Paul Pierce right there. That's that's, that's why he's worst. not an all time gray, and that's why he's Gerald Wallace with a championship ring. That's one of the worst meltdowns that I've seen from a, a former retired guy. And then did you see the video of him crying, laughing, kind of? He, was, he, he said hashtag smile after <laughs> after it was reported. After the reports came out that they cut ties with him, he went on his yeah. story and started laughing. Yeah, I that's think why. he was laughing that's why no one likes uh, the Celtics. He's probably not going to be able to throw any more of those parties without the ESPN money. It's true. All right. My my benchwarm of the week, yeah, you blew the fuck out of mine. So you blew mine out of the water. So, Pandemic P. Uh, I don't hate that one ever. Well, I know. Can't hate that I, one ever. I, got, I know that you'd like it, but the the miss, the two dead, oh, dead, dead air misses that he had on he had point blank shot, and he missed it twice. And when he got straight up mugged by Compazzo, Oh, oh, I mean, Ben Simmons was the dude that got run over by Composo. No, 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 but no. yeah, he also but I meant, him, yeah. yeah, like, because he had it in his hand, and Composo's just like, you're I just going to hold it there? He just took it. It's yeah. a loaf of bread. I'm back in Argentina. Ah! Oh, man. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. One of the best things about NBA Twitter, especially, is, like, every other day, for some reason, the name Danny and the name Paul is trending. Because Danny Green is, is always pisses somebody off with his basketball game, and Paul George pisses off every single Clippers fan, every single game for for whatever reason. Oh, because he he's gonna <laughs> he's not he's, he's not a proven winner, stupid. not a proven winner at all. Um, so yeah, those are two really good bench warmers of the week. Maybe, maybe some of our best. I, I I like those. We we don't even have to pick a winner. You can just say both of them are. All right. <clears throat> Let's go. What's brewing? Our partnership. Or, or do you do we want to do a most dominant team of the week? I know. I know we missed 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 that oh, partially. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, um I'll, I'll go with mine first. But it's Bear Bears. That's pretty easy. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that they won. They were five and zero in the tournament. They won the national championship mm-hmm. when a lot of people were counting them out. They murdered you included. the national. Yeah, including myself. Yeah, I apologize. They, they dominated you. what we what everybody said was the most talented team in the country. Uh, we were uh, yeah, missing. We, we were wrong. Yeah, we the, were missing the monsters over on in the South region that's and, true. that were playing in the Baylor uniforms. My most dominant team is the Denver Nuggets. They're eight and two in their last ten. Though they lack focus against the really bad teams, like they shouldn't have had to come back against the Magic. 
It was a good, trap game. Yeah, it, it was. But Against also the good team, thing yeah, in yeah. the playoffs in the West, you're never playing a bad team like that. Yeah, so. don't look now. Nuggets are a four seed. Yeah. Secured the four seed. The Lakers are dropping like flies. I just hope they don't go so far up that they see the Lakers first round and we get oh, LeBron this, coming off the court. Like, I, I was saying this. This is the ideal scenario. The Lakers follow the six seed or the seven seed. They get the Suns or the Clippers in the first round, and then we get the five seed Blazers with the revenge, and then we play Utah in the second round. That's a dream. That's something. I think they they're finally to the point. We didn't really talk about the Nuggets because we had to, to get to this part of the episode. But I think the Nuggets are at that point where if it's not, and that you can start to be disappointed if they don't make it to the NBA Finals because they Western the addition of yeah I'll say Western Conference Finals because they LeBron made it to the Western Conference, Conference Finals last year. But uh, the the addition of Aaron Gordon adds so he much fits so perfectly too, and he's he's such an unselfish player. He's always moving, and he's he's so he's the Clay Thompson. He's the he's the player that I wanted. I know he's not probably not yeah. as good defensively, but he's the player that I wanted when Clay Thompson was rumored to become a free agent. That's why I wanted the Nuggets to pick him up because he's a great defensive presence and he adds a lot of offensively. Well, well, Clay Thompson is also one of the greatest shooters of all time. That's that's why but, I'm but not, Aaron, Aaron Gordon's the best dunker in, in NBA history. That's very debatable I know, too. But I know, it, I know. It, it, the fifty does speak for itself. Um, but yeah, Aaron Gordon fits in perfectly, yeah. perfectly. Because look, the dude. He all he's asked to do is cut off ball and spot up shoot. That's all he has to do, and then defend. Yeah, his life couldn't be easier. No, he gets to play a very easy style of basketball. He doesn't have to think about where the open man is, and then he gets to go run down the court. And if he jumps near the rim, he knows Jokic is going to find him. Or if he's on the floor with Faku, Faku's going to hit him in the side of the head, or he's going to alley oop him the ball. That's those are the two things that are going to happen. It's true. Um, so yeah, the the Nuggets are are on a roll. I'm. Like I said, ball rain is booming. Yeah, I, I booming. feel I feel bad because I see all the pictures now. If you weren't with us then, and and you can't be with us now. Oh, I've been there through I, everything. I know no, you haven't. I but wasn't, I but that wasn't my. I wasn't with basketball at that point. It yeah. wasn't like I was a fan of another team and Just, I jumped yeah, on the yeah. Nuggets bandwagon. That, that that's a different story. If you were a part of a different, but I've been through the hell ringers, man. Hey, oh my I'm God. a Bengals fan. I understand. That's true. I'm still in those years. I that's understand. Fair. All right, let's get to our partnership segments. What's Brewing, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Follow them at High Alpine Brew. I'll start with this one. Uh, the Rockies may have accidentally exposed a way that they can win. It's very difficult to get to, um, but if they go full money ball, if they f- fully embrace the small ball aspect oh, of Jimmy, their game. You're being so too kind. Well, that's how they won opening day. They also won opening day by the fact that Dodgers played a pretty, pretty sloppy game. Um, and the other problem that they have in that situation is they have Dr. Jeff Breidich. And if you don't understand that reference, Jeff Breidich in his press conference, or he was quoted as saying, if people think they can do my job, I don't know why people think they can do my job. They, I don't walk into a brain surgeon's office and say, I can do brain surgery better. So then the local sports radio guys took that and said, he thinks his job is as hard as brain surgery. Yeah. So now he's Dr. Jeff Breidich. That's um, as bad as you can get. But yeah. Hey, if that wins us more than 63 games, well, I'll win money because I bet the over. So They're going to have to – the thing about the Rockies is they're only going to win when they play their best game, and you don't play your best game 162 games of the season. I don't know if they can play their best game over 63 times. Hey, that's why I said stop the count because we were 1-0 and we beat the World Series champion yeah. after opening day. No, I, and on this week's high heater, I, I threw you under, under the bus because that – you tweeted that on our podcast one, and I told Kelsey and Mitch and 
Jim. I was like, that wasn't me. I was stop not the, the stop the count. I am fully aware that the Rockies were going to lose 110 games. It was. I like to dream. Okay, yeah. I like to dream. No, you were you were enjoying. You were. Uh, living, I was enjoying. You were money. the Paul Pierce in the Instagram live at that point. You uh, not that Paul. far, but well, but just that 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 same energy you had. You're so gung ho. We beat the World Series champions. And then the next best thing we had out of this weekend was we have a stray cat that lives in the stadium now. That's true. We branded him, though. Well, for my what's brewing, that's a good segue. We actually have some better news for Colorado baseball. Mm-hmm. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have an all-time home run derby this year. We, the all-star game is here in Denver. Um, we're not going to get into the all details of what happened because of it, but it's here. And more than likely, we'll probably be going to it for some reason. I more than likely will be going to the home run derby because I am going to because the home run derby is going to be insane. We, we got to go to the home run derby for the podcast. And I, we got to, do you have a glove? I can find a glove. Yeah. We'll get you a, I can glove. Find a glove. I'll find the glove that I have in my house and we'll go and, and we get, oh, we, we need some, we need bench warmers need to experience the home run derby. Yeah. The home run, the home run derby is like you said, it is going to be must watch TV. The mm-hmm. home run derby is going to be as legendary as it's ever going to be. It should always be the here. ball fucking flies here. Yeah. There's a reason why why the Coors effect is something. Yeah. The ball will be sailing. We are going to have Josh Hamilton and the Yankee Stadium numbers. We'll have Yuena Cespedes as numbers. The home run derby is going to be damn electric. I just hope we have. You know what I want to see? I want to have Arenado in the home run derby. Fuck yeah. Give me Arenado in the home run derby. Him win it. And all the Rockies fans cheer him on. Give me Arenado and give me story in the home in the home derby championship. I oh, love well, that. Uh, yeah, if they make it to the championship, but I want that. I want. It's almost like a big slap and then give in the me, face. Give me John Esposito. You're the best around in a montage of Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado going blow for blow, just like the Karate Kid. And then you know that spunky Trevor Story. I want. I still. I'm. I don't like the. I'm not a Rockies fan, but I, I still like the Rockies. I want Trevor Story to get that crane kick and beat Arenado in the in the finals of the whole. Damn that! Movie. No, because that gives Bryant a little bit of hope. No, because Bryant <laughs> is still going to trade him the week after the home run. Uh, derby, I guess, I guess but, you're right about that. Uh, it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be electric. Yeah, I can't and, wait. And if you want to hear more of a discussion about the reason why the MLB All Star Game got moved, that's coming on the High Heater Podcast this week. Uh, that'll be debuting on Thursday. That I was on with Kelsey. Uh, from high low sports, yeah, they, they don't allow me on the baseball show because my team is so ass. We would allow you, but we would just have to make fun of you a lot. Yeah, that, that's it's very okay. True. I made fun of the Yankees, and and I'll talk about, uh, I'll, I'll probably talk about them a little bit. Yeah, I'll talk about them in the next next segment. Um, but that's uh, that's my what's that's your what's brewing yeah. for the week. So now give me your off the hinges because. You, you had a good one. You you asked me what you should be pissed off about, and then you came up with one on your oh, own. I, so. I, I forgot because this pissed me off the day of recording. And Presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Un- by the Unhinged way. Sports Network. Yeah, man. ESPN came out with the top 10 players under 25. And boy, oh boy, what the fuck were they thinking? First of all, okay, number one and two probably hit the nail on the dot. Luca and Zion. That's, that's pretty – like those are two damn – Zion's that good? Zion is that good. Okay. Zion is that good. I, I know I've been a Zion hater in the past, but Zion is that good. I don't have a frame of reference, so he I is, have to rely is, on you for my yeah, basketball. He, he is the only, he's the only reason why New Orleans is winning any basketball games this year, and that's, that's, that's being very frank about it. Um, but LaMelo Ball is number three, and he, they have him ahead of Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Devin Booker is number nine. Devin Booker, 
The reason why the Suns are the number two team in the in the West. Devin Booker is number nine. Did Paul Pierce put this list together before? Like he, he must have. He must have because it was terrible. And then oh, also Jamal Murray's not on the list. Mm-hmm. Look, De'Aaron Fox is good, but De'Aaron Fox is not the eighth best um, under twenty-five player right now in the NBA. No, Jamal Murray is better than De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, Shea Gilgis Alexander is good, but he's not better than Jamal Murray. Like, look, whoever put this list together, like, do you, like it was. I, I was watching um, what's it called, first take this morning, and Stephen A. Smith said it perfectly. He's like, whoever wrote this, do yourself a favor and never write another article. Don't like whoever thought the the thought process behind putting the mellow number three. That's as bad as it gets. And then Dev Booker being nine pisses me off. Jamal Murray not being on the list pisses me off. They did that. I I I wish I could have said that that was out that was put out on April first as a fool's joke. Like I wish they could have done that. Like they could say that, but they didn't. No, they didn't. And uh, it's terrible. No, like there's a reason why. Like. Everyone hates on ESPN and Bleacher Report especially because of how much pause on this, close your ears, non-PG fans, how much LaMelo Ball's dick and Zion's dick are down their throat. Because the amount of LeBron highlights, LaMelo highlights, I see LaMelo highlights more than anyone on my Twitter timeline because of Bleacher Report. And he's injured. And he's injured. Yeah. Like, like LaMelo picked his nose on the sideline, ladies and gentlemen. Let's zoom in on the technique he had for it. Yeah. Bleacher Report. come on. Bleacher Report, I follow them on TikTok just because I'm a sports addict, but they are more – there's never sports highlights. It's the rate my drip guy and the, and the everything. Like, I get it. It's it's silly and it's yeah. fun, but it's not – They're uh, trying way too hard to be overtime. Yeah. They're the brand overtime, if they you know are. what that means. And yeah. they're they're just clickbaiting. That's all they're trying to do. They're just clickbaiting. Oh, ESPN has automatic – That's We have to make sure that our laptops are muted because when we go to ESPN, you're going to get an ad pop-up. It's sure. going to play. You don't yeah. have to say, I don't – you accept these pop-ups? No, you go to ESPN. Disney's like – Mickey's like, you accept these pop-ups, bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, that's that's what – Mickey needs more money. We need more money to put into the Avengers universe, so you're gonna deal with these pop-up ads on ESPN.com. That's true. Um, yeah, my that that's I like that. I like that off the hinges. I'm going off the hinges because analytics is pushing sports down a path that I really don't know if we're we're seeing the full scope of this. Uh, Baseball is the worst about it, and it's because of situations like the Blake Snell thing in the World Series, who was pulled. Uh, he was dealing like he he would have continued to pitch well that game probably you can't really say what's going to happen but he wasn't showing signs of slowing down but he was pulled from the game in the seventh inning because the analytic department came up with a stat that the third time Blake Snell goes through a lineup he normally has a big drop off there's normally something that goes wrong um, which is I, I don't see the need for that stat it really doesn't matter all that much at some point, you're just going to have to figure out how to get something past a guy who's seen your stuff before if you're going to be a successful pitcher. Uh, but we're seeing this not only in, in baseball, we're seeing it in football with the coach coaches who are kicking onside kicks up 56 because it's the analytically correct thing to do. Analytics has a place in sports, but sports has a feel thing to it as well, especially certain sports like basketball. You can feel when a guy's hot. We call it all the time in color cast. Heat check. Heat check, yeah. Heat check. We said it all the time in the rec league, too. <laughs> heat Jeremy, check. heat check. Jeremy, <laughs> it's, you're not hot. Stop. Not, yeah. No heat checks. No more heat checks. But there's I, – I, I like the analytics. I like I, – I get what they mean, and the sabermetrics and all that are great. But 
sports can't lose the human aspect of it. Otherwise, it's not going to be something that everybody can just follow, and it's not universal. That's the one thing about sports that has been through this this very tough and challenging year and and a few months that we've had is that it's the one thing that we've been able to rally behind, whether it was the last dance when there was no live sports and then when the bubbles came back, everybody was watching it. Everybody was just collectively wanting to watch sports for the spectacle and the human aspect of it. And when you're using robots to set your lineup, decide when you're making a move on, on the sidelines, I don't I don't really like all, like that all that. Look, much. I, I'm a person that's big on analytics. I I love like when I was a kid, the few times I did go to baseball games, my dad got tickets from family friends that I did go. I would always be this do a scorecard or whatever around like where, where how the batter hit or whatever. The, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I I love stats yeah, too. Yeah, the, the stats are it's such a big part, but like I agree completely. There's a human aspect to it. You can put numbers on a field, but if the person doesn't show up at the right time, it's the it's the uh, effect of having LeBron in, in the playoffs, especially with basketball. Because, look, LeBron's team may suck in the regular season, but if you see number two or three across the other sideline, you know that there's a chance they can win. Or number does, six. Or number six. It doesn't matter what team he's on. That goes the same for a lot of sports. Same with Tom Brady, the Buccaneers. Buccaneers were a wild card team. And, but you saw number 12 over there, and you knew, fuck, I know that when the game comes down to it, that his his animal instincts is going to overtake and that he's going to play at his best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I can even go uh, – another example is, is my New York Yankees who were – they ended up losing the first series to the Blue Jays, which was not. They lost opening day, and they use their analytics in a different way. They're not using the the third time through the lineup or fixing their pitching rotation, but they are all about launch angle and swing velocity. They're not actually teaching these guys how to hit. It's boom or bust. You hit a home run or you don't score at all in the game, and which is we, very interesting, also. But that's that's the thing. Like in the in the bottom of the eighth inning and baseball fans are going to understand this i'll try and explain this as best i can for guys who who don't know (laughs) who who don't know the situations of baseball but you have runners at first and third with one out and you have aaron judge up at the plate normally in that situation it's a tie ball game at 2-2 and and it's the eighth inning so it's very late in the game they pinch ran for the guy who got on base and he stole third which never happens it's it's very very rare that you get this situation and in that situation, there was a ball that was hit. I, I, it actually might not have been Aaron Judge that hit the ball that, that I'm talking about. But there was a ground ball hit to third base. And when you're the runner in, on third in that situation, you only go if it's hit to the left side of the infield or into the outfield. If it's hit anywhere to the third baseman or shortstop, because at that point they're playing up really close to the plate to try and gun you down if you run, you, you either freeze them and make them make a decision or you just – don't move and and that's that it got hit to third and the guy ran because he's used to oh i'm just gonna wait for the guy to hit a home run i don't have to pay attention to base running situations so you're taking aspects of your game and you're making your own team worse at it when you're focusing on just one side of the analytics yeah i mean i play the show i play i yeah, play uh, the show but, i I, right. I get i get the little uh thing in the top right of yeah when you play I, with the tips on yeah I, play, I play, no i don't play with the tips uh. on but when i when i try to go home on a ball this shortstop i always get gunned you, down you really want to do this and then and then i get the little thing of uh base running decrease yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and i right. know and then i now know that's a stupid thing oh, to do i shouldn't run run home I shouldn't just continue. Maybe MLB players should play the show more often. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can I can help you out with some of those um, situations, but that's I, I see the point in it. I'm no by no means disparaging the necessity of stats, 
but uh, the analytics are getting a little bit out of hand. That's that's all I'm saying there. So that's my Off the Hinges presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged, unhingedsn.com for the blogging content. Nico just put out one for the March Madness tournament uh, yesterday as you're listening to this, so be sure to go check that out, and I'll be putting out two today, uh, one hockey and – I'm not. I think one baseball, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah, and then and now as we transition to what's on your screen by Fubo TV. And speaking of blogs, I guarantee you that my Thursday blog will be about this, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Masters week. That's my what's on my screen. One hundred percent. I will be watching Thursday through Sunday. We don't have Tiger, unfortunately, but man, it's. Look, as as I'm getting older and I'm realizing that I can't play football anymore because and my foot and my basketball skills are completely depleted, I am getting to these old man sports and golf is so much I, okay. I my younger self would be pissing at myself, but like my but golf has been fun to watch and Masters, man, it, it's so much fun. Like it's like I, I have I have so much enjoyment. There's a reason why we had the bonus episode mm. last I don't even know, November, October? Something uh, it would have probably been – it was around – because we asked Jeremy uh, – oh, no, that was for the bull again. Yeah, it must have been November. November, yeah. Uh, late October, something But like we that. get the Masters again. I'm so damn excited, man. It's the best golf tournament in the world. It's what – yes, I. this is a, also another, another sport that is very country club, but it is the Wimbledon of golf. Like what the Wimbledon in tennis, yeah. everybody knows about. Our Wimbledon. listeners in Cherry Creek are just like all into this. All one. Into this, like, yeah. Oh yes, yeah, definitely. I, I know that you don't watch tennis at all, but I know you know what Wimbledon is. Yeah, and I, people and it lasts a fortnight. That's true, um, but yeah, look, it's Masters. It's so much fun to watch. It's unfortunate Tiger won't be there um, because of his injuries, but this 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 pool has a lot of good good players. Mm-hmm. Look, you have DJ coming back. You have Spieth coming off the Valero Texas Open win from last week. Um, you have the players like Bryson DeChambeau, who is going to hit the snot out of the ball, and maybe that will work for him to win. We saw how poor that poorly, did how, how poorly that did last time. He had to hit it off of, uh, oh, God, what I can't think of the – It was Mr. out of Larson, bushes. He had to hit it off Mr. Larson's foot from Hacky, that Happy was our That was our very first uh, bench home of the week, I think. I think it probably was. How about was. that? Yeah. Th- 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 Bryson that's DeChambeau. It, yeah, that was – our first, uh, I think that's when we came up with we wanted to celebrate the worst guy of, of the week in sports. Week, yeah, um, but yeah, look, at the Masters is going to be so much fun to watch. They're at, they're allowing patrons. You have to say patrons, not fans, because you get kicked off the telecast for it because of the the atmosphere of the atmosphere or of the Masters. I know it's weird. It's oh, a country it's, club it's thing. It's pretentious. It is very pretentious. Fun. But man, watching Jim Nance and and and, and uh, all these Jim Nance is this is Jim Nance's month. Tony. <laughs> as as Boomer jumps, Boomer didn't like that. that. Boomer if you don't know like where that. that reference comes from, go look at Frank Caliendo announce or oh. commentating what uh, Jim Nance does when he's talking with Tony Romo on the broadcast. It's hilarious. Yeah, uh, what and going along with that, what should be on your screen this weekend? We're releasing my hi- golfing highlight video. Oh, you, because I didn't make enough be... of an ass of myself on our Instagram live getting swatted. Uh, I might as well go play some golf, and I might have to play with left-handed clubs, depending on if you, you know, can get me some right-handed we're clubs. We're going to get you some right-handed clubs. Well, that's going to be so much fun, man. I cannot wait to have that. I, I text- we'll, have a, we'll have a pre- and post-interview on every every first shot of every hole. I texted you, and I was like, Jimmy, what is the criteria for me to try to convince you to go golfing with me for nine holes? And he was like, fuck it, I'll do it. I'll do it for the views, so you guys got to help me out and make sure that I'm not doing this in vain. 
So follow us on Twitter at FEOTB and listen to the podcast. Tell your friends to listen to the podcast. It's going to be an electric video because... Please leave reviews on the podcasting apps if I do this. I I told Jimmy, I was like, man, I don't really want to do another bonus episode. We've done a lot of those. I was like, what what about getting you out there for a YouTube video for golf for Masters Week? He's like, fuck it, I'll do it. You can drink on the golf course, right? Oh, you can drink the hey, hell out of them. Okay, we, we, will, we will drink all the spiked Arnold Palmers we could find. Oh, oh that's fine. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll take it, and then maybe that'll help me because maybe, I have well, my, well, my well, issue. Well, golfing is that I played baseball for so long. Oh, I can't swing it like baseball bat. Yeah. I, well, I I can't force myself to swing under because okay. if I swung under in baseball, I'd have to run. So I swing level. That's I, that, that's why I I suck at when I do play baseball. The few times I have played softball, yeah. I always swing under it like a golf club. Yeah. No, you remember the last time I went golfing and you guys, what you forced we, me to We had you throw to the do? ball. Yeah. And I still didn't win. I still hit the cart path. I still didn't throw it to the green. Hey, I'll tell you right now, Jimmy will, because I'm going to be playing a lot of golf as it's fucking snowing here in Denver. We didn't expect that. But I'm going to be playing a lot of golf this summer. We're going to have some, I may have to get you out there for 18 one time. Yeah, I'm doing. Nine. We'll have a nice cart. We'll have some beers in the way. It'll That's, be good. Yeah, as long I'll drive the ice cart, and, or I'll drive the cart, and I'll drink the beers in the ice cart, and then I'll be the comedic relief. But be sure to check that out. That'll just count as my what's on my screen. Why not? Because it's just pro day stuff. I'm watching offensive lineman film. Leave me alone. Don't come into my room. There's a sock on the door for a reason. Don't come into my room offensive when I'm watching line offensive film. line film. Uh, but that's been what's on our screen presented by Fubo TV. Thinking about that, I don't know if Fubo TV wants that related to them. But that's hey, true, yeah. cut your cord with cable, and uh, you you won't be able to watch um, rest like the the WrestleMania stuff coming up on it. But there's tons of live events along with great cable packages that you can choose from, and it helps out the Unhinged Sports Network when you do so. That's in our bio at FEOTV Pod. All right, let's wrap this thing up with our beats of the week and our regular segments, and let's get these people out of here. And I'll start off, uh, Conrick David, plus 430 to win the Rocket Richard Award, which is the most goals in the NHL season. And I like those odds because if you know anything about Conor McDavid, that's all he does is score goals. That's what he's on the ice to do. And he's only five behind Austin Matthews, who's in the, in the lead right now. And he's scored five goals in a night a few times. It's not like it's out of the question. And Matthews has been a bit battling some injuries. The fact that he's got positive odds for this award is plus saying four, something. 408, you said? 430. Yeah. 430. That's Those are odds you got to take. Yeah. The, the, Austin take. Matthews as a favorite is minus 186. So Jeez. he's got positive odds and he's got the talent to do it. Take advantage of it. Oh, I don't hate that at all. My my first of beats of the week. Man, like I said, it's Masters week. So I'm going to have to have Masters beats of the week. My first one, I have Jordan Spieth winning the Masters. Look, Spieth, he can't, he, he's red hot. Mm-hmm. Spieth has been red hot. And that. that Yes, that's weird to say for a golfer, but he has been scorching. And he had a fantastic uh, round last week at the Valero Open. And plus 1,100 odds is pretty damn good. And right now he's the third favorite. The number one favorite, obviously, is everybody's pretty boy in Bryson DeChambeau. Everybody's he's a fat guy. What are you talking about? You no, know, the 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 eccentric. Sorry, not oh. the, the the eccentric Bryson Hamshamp. Yeah. They love him because he hits a snot out of the ball. He's the happy Gilmore. Uh, but yeah, speed to win a plus eleven hundred. I like those odds a lot. Um, like I said, with with the Masters, you can bet on basically everything. I can bet on if I'm if I, if I want to. You can live bet holes. You can, yeah, you can live bet. One of my favorite players to Pause. watch because I'm a lefty is Bubba Watson. Mm-hmm. And I, I I remember following Bubba Watson at the Phoenix Open two years ago now. Wow, actually three years. 
fuck because the fucking yeah two years because one or actually no it's it's been two years I take it back I always forget about last year because of the pandemic we don't like to remember that but um, Bubba Watson because he's a lefty and I remember that Masters he won is one of my all time favorites because yeah, of the shot I remember he that the, one too I, I watched him win that one yeah when he shot it out of the woods so um, if you can, if you want to watch him and follow along or watch any of these guys you can bet on if they're going to par a hole if they're going to bogey a hole if they're going to hit the fairway yeah yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing because uh, I watched Tiger's really bad hole on Sunday. In oh, the Masters. Yeah, yeah, where you went, where you went plus seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that was the that was the one that I saw. But I saw the odds. That's how I know you can live bet the different um, holes. Pause. I, that's there's got to be a better way to say that, but I can't that, figure yeah. it out at this mo- at this moment. It's it's late, and yeah, like we said, we had a surprise snowstorm that started as rain and turned into snow. Um, I'll go my master's beat next and it's DJ to repeat and that's plus 950. And I believe he might be the, he's probably the second favorite. Yeah. He's yeah. the second favorite behind. There's another guy, uh, somebody else that's at plus nine, nine fifty as well. Um, so he's tied with the second best odds, but Jeremy, when you listen to the bonus episodes, gave him as his favorite to, to win the tournament and he ended up doing it. Um, I don't know what the history of, repeating is they've never won no no they've well, never won. that's that's where that's where i was gonna that's come that's why i don't know golf yeah so. that's the it's been a very very like i think it's it's either been a very long time or it's never happened since the guy has repeated as a master champion so that's why it's a little bit iffy yeah and jeremy also told me that speed is gonna win so that's why i picked speed yeah but you just said i know i know i know i know i know i go back on everything of, i say i'm starting to believe you you said you're a degenerate gambler i'm starting to believe i am such do a we degenerate have to call gambler. do we have to call a number or something Y'all, we're gonna need to eventually because that's gotten so bad i i i don't i'm not gonna listen to jeremy ever again when it comes to sports betting outside of golf how about that? I think that's fair, right? Because yeah. he's picked he picked the winner last year. Yeah. And he's every single year before that he picked Tiger to win two years ago. So like he knows what he's doing in terms of the Masters. It's, it's like listening to Rev on a UFC line. That's or something about us. It's it, Jeremy is our golf medicine man. That's yes, what we'll call that's him. true. Yeah. Original bench warmer, heat check, and the golf medicine man. That's that's Jeremy. It's fair. We'll have true. him back on because there's other. There's a whole, yeah. We'll have him. I don't know if we'll be able to keep him off. Sometimes you might just come just show up. Show one day. up, yeah. Hey, I'm ready to record. Uh, okay. Okay. All right, Jeremy, just come sit down, buddy. All right, Jer, let's go. Um, my my second beat of the week. I'm sticking with Masters as well. I love Phil Mickelson, but man, it's time. Phil Mickelson to miss the cut plus one thirty six. It hurts me saying that, but he missed the cut um, last Masters in the first time. I don't think he's gonna have that great of a tournament again. He's been struggling a lot. I love Phil. I love me some Philly because he's a lefty. Like I said, I, I attach to left-handed golfers for whatever reason. I don't know why you golf left-handed. So. Hey, hey, I, I swing a bat left-handed too. Oh, I, and I've I, never I, seen you swing a bat. I, I play lacrosse left-handed. Like I'm a right-handed in most things, but I'm very ambidextrous. So I know it's 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 weird, but yeah, I, I, I love Phil, but he's probably gonna miss the cut, and that's plus one thirty-six. Right. Not great odds, but Phil might be time. Yeah. Um, my last one, the Arizona Cardinals are last. They have the worst odds to win the NFC West, which is interesting because they picked up J.J. Watt, and I can't remember what the last – they made another big move or something like that. I don't, they signed I don't know. some safety corner. I can't think of top of my head. Yeah. Oh, no, didn't they get – did they not get A.J. Green? Maybe. Yes, they did get A.J. Yeah. Green. There you, okay, go. There, there, you go. there you go. So they have D-Hop, A.J. Green, and then they picked up J.J. Watt as well. And they get Chandler Jones back healthy, who missed all of last season. 
plus 550 to win the NFC West. I think the NFC West is kind of a crapshoot because I don't have faith in the Seahawks after what we saw. They can start off hot, but their offensive line is going to be their downfall every single year. And Matt Stafford might work in Sean McVay's offense, or it might it not. Might not, yeah. Who'd... But their defense is still going to be damn good. Yeah, the, it's, I think that division is probably still going to be the most competitive. Also, we got to think about what Shanahan just did, trading up to the third overall pick. And they're going to get a quarterback they obviously are have their eyes on, whether it be Jones or um, Fields or or Lance or whoever. Like so, they, they obviously have the great guy they want in their sights. Yeah. They they didn't move up because they love three of the available quarterbacks. They moved up because they have the one quarterback that they, they want. want. Yeah. And, and they, they know think he's that he's going to – yeah. yeah. They don't think that he's going to be picked before. So Arizona plus 550 to win their division. I like that one. Yeah, that like you said, that that whole division is going to be insane. We'll we'll get insane. The, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll we'll power through. Don't in, worry. Insane, but yeah, McKin. My my last one. UFC's back. We missed it last weekend. Luckily, it didn't happen because I was watching college basketball. So thank you, UFC, for being smart and 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 allowing me to not have yeah. to watch ten screens at once oh. because I watched the college basketball games. I had Nuggets game on. Then I had the Avs and the Rockies and then Stipe too. And and Ganu. Remember, yeah, we yeah, watched that one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I it, it's better that they organize this better. So yeah. I don't don't have to watch 10 screens at once and then I can bet on one thing at a time and not be a degenerate. Um, but my, my, my fights this weekend, Mackenzie Dern, who's oh, one I of the I was actually looking at that yeah, one Yeah, Mackenzie too. Dern at plus 126 to be Ansaroff. Dern is a pretty damn good fighter. Um, she's been a hot and cold. She's one that they want to push to push a more, star level. Star but level, they yeah. Haven't she, been able she, to. She, her being the underdog there, I do like those odds at plus 126. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Like I said, I was looking at that one to put down earlier too. So those are the beats of the week. If you want, you can listen to us. If not, you can listen to Nico complain next week when he loses. Uh, that seems to be a theme on the show. Oh, it will be every week. I'm hoping to speak it out of existence, honestly. Um, let's get into the player and play of the week, and then we can wrap this episode up because we're coming up on time here. Uh, but my play of the week. First, first of all, there's one play of the week. Well, We're not going to count it. But the Jalen yeah. Suggs game winner is the play of the week. Yeah, because they just, it's, the that, only thing that would have made it better, and, and I did see somebody, I didn't think about it until somebody tweeted it, and then it popped my bubble for forever. Imagine hitting one of the top three best shots in NCAA tournament history, and you go celebrate to the cardboard fans. You jump on the table, that's cool. The team, the, the energy was still the same, but... Yeah, the cardboard fans, that is... You do, you're not... Better. That would have been... The whole the, if there was a security, yeah, the security. I would not have wanted to work security that night if that would have happened because that's the court the would have been stormed. Yeah. And yeah, that's been. why the Chris Jenkins shot is so iconic because mm-hmm. the amount of people in that arena when he hit that game winner are going nuts. I, I, yeah, and I remember that shot, and that was at the time where I wasn't watching college basketball, but I remember seeing the buzzer beater. Same thing with this one. People in my family that don't watch college basketball, I was showing them the highlight, and I showed them because the, Barstool put it to uh, uh, My Heart Will Go On from Titanic. Oh, and, the, the My Heart Will Go On, the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, song from Kanye West. Um, oh, my God. I tweeted about it, too. It's going to piss me off. The uh, – uh, Father stretch my hands. There you go. Father uh, stretch my hands. Yeah. Or they did that with a Damian Lillard, and now they did that with the the Jalen Suggs one. Like it's always good. Yeah. No, it was a it was a great play of the week. But then outside of that, I would say that this one, if that play didn't exist, this one might have had to take it. Uh, Taze started with it for the Avalanche behind the net, passed it to Gerard, and as soon as he passed it to Gerard, you saw a blur come out of the right corner of the ice and streak right down the center. Collect the pass from Gerard. Keep on going. 
you probably heard a couple of oh boys as he's going down the ice and just put it right in the back of the net. Nathan McKinnon went coast to coast, received the pass, took it over the blue line himself, and then put it past the goaltender against the Wild last night. The Avalanche are incredible, and and that was just incredible for me. McKinnon is so much fun to watch, man. McKinnon makes – it's – we are so – Spoiled. Spoiled. That's great. We are so spoiled. Between Jokic and Ball Arena, between um, Nathan McKinnon doing what he does best, Mm -hmm. it's just unfortunate that the uh, uh, baseball team doesn't have a star anymore. But, okay, my player of the week, my other – or. Wow, play of the week. No, play of the week. Yeah. I, I go back to the same game, the Gonzaga-UCLA game. I go back to the play that was in regulation, that was made, that basically started the Gonzaga comeback. Look, Jalen Suggs, and I mean Jalen Suggs got up. This dude swore the hell off the board, the ball off the backboard. I believe it was from Jusain in regulation. They are down by four, I believe, with like two minutes left. He swore it. Um, they got back and hit a three and then that's how the game got closer and that was the the night the light that started everything mm-hmm. and Suggs man dude's got bunnies and yes we just had Easter but the dude's got bunnies bunnies yeah no he he got up for that one that was uh, that game was just fantastic back and forth one of, the, one of the better games in college basketball tournament history and it got year. better in overtime that was the it's other true, thing yeah. too because normally overtime the teams are tired these teams are these still teams were just going it, it, I could have if if Suggs it doesn't hit the magic shot. That's probably going three, possibly four overtimes. Because oh, those teams that were game's just, going all night. Yeah, everybody. The East Coast was already complaining. They would have been. It's Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. I'm finishing March Madness on Easter Sunday. Come on. I just moved to the West Coast. Actually, don't move to the West Coast. Stay out East. Yeah, we don't want well, you back. Move to the West Coast. West 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 Coast. Don't yeah. move to Colorado anymore, please. Uh, let's go Player of the Week. Um, and I'll I'll let you go first for this one. Man, it's Mister Off Night. Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell. Yes, he. Jared Butler had, who was one of my people that I picked as the star of the tournament before the tournament started, had a fantastic national championship game. Davion Mitchell, man, he locked up Suggs and locked up Timmons. Davion Mitchell. If he, the reason, but why? Let's see if you know this. What is the reason? What do you think the reason why they call him off night? Because whoever he defends is gonna have an off night. Yep. Whoever he defends is gonna have an off night. It's not because it's not because that he he's he's a bad player. It's because his defense is that good. And well, this dude, man, look, he it, this Baylor team wouldn't have been there without him. Wouldn't have been there without Jared Butler. Wouldn't have been there without Teague. Um, it's it was an all around show that Baylor put on. Yeah, it was. Uh... I mean that I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't come up with that sooner because I was in my head I was like you're gonna tell us why he's off night yet because you said that you were gonna explain that a couple times now so yeah no that makes sense uh, my player of the week is Daniel Bard and it's more for the story uh, he's a Rockies closer who a couple years ago was actually a coach like a mental coach and he was playing catch with the guys and basically the story from the rookie Den- with Dennis Quaid where he had an arm and then they're like yeah you want to pitch. He's 35, and he came back. He's the Rockies' closer. And on opening day, he got his first save that his kids were able to see him pitch in at the ballpark because they didn't actually get to – I think he played before and then got out, and he, then he came he back. He was on the Red Sox in, like, 2011, mm-hmm. like 2011, 2010, um, and the Red Sox let him go because he, he was falling off a little bit. And then he went down to the minors, and the Rockies gave a chance on him because why the hell not because his organization sucks. Well, yeah, I mean, we spent $300 million on a closer. Why not bring up this 35 And I'll tell closer. you one thing, man. Daniel Bard – Already a far better closer than Wade Davis. Yeah, well, Wade Davis can kick very, rocks. Trust me, I know you're not a baseball guy. Very, not easy. No, I mean, not very hard to be 
way Wade better Davis than Wade Davis. So bad. Oh no, he God. had the Coors effect bad. All right, that's Player of the Week. We're gonna have to speed through this, and I'll see how fast I can say all of this, and and then I'll let you uh, get get something in. But let's. This has been Far End of the Bench, episode thirty-five. Thank you guys for listening. Please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave a five-star rating and a review. And the review can be positive or negative. As long as there's a five-star rating associated with it, you can roast us if you want to. We'll respond. We'll read it on the podcast. But be sure to keep interacting with that. We've gotten a few more review or ratings. Uh, let's get some more reviews, and we'll start interacting with you guys on there. Follow us on our social medias at Pod. We like to interact with you guys there. So if you want to tweet at us, tell us we're stupid. We'll come back at you. We'll see who's, who's a opinion is better um and then like nico said we're gonna be limping me along through nine holes maybe i'll start having to throw the ball again who knows but uh i'm gonna be happy gilmore just way less consistent but be on the lookout for that that'll be our second youtube video of this week probably released saturday night um after we get that filmed and edited and then remember to catch us every wednesday live at 1 p.m eastern on unhinged the unhinged sports network unhingedsn.airtime.pro um, and then I will also be on main event marks tomorrow. So we're at 1 p.m. Eastern. They are at 7 or 8 p.m. Eastern. I'll have to, I'll tweet it out tomorrow to be exact. But we talk about TNA uh, lockdown 2006, and it was super fun to get on and talk with Troy about wrestling because uh, Nico and I talk about it. But we are two very big wrestling fans. Maybe not as much now, but this that's the cool thing about main event marks is we go back and look at older events. And we kind of get to revisit stuff. And I made him feel bad because it's from 2006. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was nine. He goes, what? I said, yeah, no, I was nine. I, didn't even, I wasn't even allowed to watch TNA because it was too violent. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy just raveled all that without any caffeine. I could, if, if we had a heartbeat monitor on, our, on, on the YouTube screen, I bet you guys would it'd be skyrocketed. But, yeah, man, it's, we have a fantastic week coming up. Um, it's Masters Week. It's WrestleMania Week. We have so many great things, so much great content coming out. Um, can't appreciate you guys enough. We're at 35. We've been doing this for nearly eight months now, mm-hmm. which is, like I told Jamie, this is blasphemous. This is blasphemous to an extent. It's crazy doing this and, and having so much fun doing it. We're going to keep putting out great content because, like I said, this isn't a job yet, but, man, this is so much fun to do every week. Yep, we're, we're working towards that. And be sure to catch Two for Chirping this Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern and the High Heater Baseball Podcast Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That will be replayed on Sunday as well. And then check out the blogs because we went from only 20 blogs when we first started this daily blogging campaign, and now we're up over 105. And it's a, a great top, great span of topics from a great group of writers from all across the network. So be sure to check that out, unhingedsn.com. For that, episode 35 of The Far End of the Bench with myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Peace! When the night is cold and lonely this is a dollar belt was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elephants looking ahead of me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man, I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk, I'm going here. I'm going crazy. I'm sticking up for nigga, that music. I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I said,